0: Hello, hello, and welcome. To the Mild and La- Lazy Guys podcast, <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Matt. And I'm Andrew, and on today's episode, we are packed full of goodness. Uh, That's what she said. <laughs> ooh, early on, early on. All right, uh, we've got a big announcement regarding the show, uh, and some and some uh, stuff going on with the show. Um, we've got junk mail. Uh, we've got Questionable Behavior behavior from the Internet. Uh, we've got our Mount Rushmore, which this week we're talking about our favorite college athletes. Um, no movies this week, but we are going to talk a little Big Brother. Um, and we're going to kind of preview how we're going to handle movies going forward. Um, in sports, the Cowboys are in camp. Uh our favorite time of the year, probably other than draft. Um, we've got some audio from Jerry Jones getting emotional at his press conference. We've got audio from Zeke, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, and we're going to talk about the crazy, uh, chaos going on in college football uh, regarding Texas and OU Uh, and then we'll wrap it up with uh, what are we watching and what are we listening to but before we get started can I please ask you to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes even if you want to give us a one star rating every rating helps so don't give us one star No, don't do that but please go rate and review us and give us a follow on Spotify if you listen on Spotify there's a little follow button when you you, uh, search our name hit the follow that helps us um, and follow us on Instagram, um, at Malden lazy, um, on Instagram. Um, and I guess, let me get the big, the big news out of the way regarding the show. Uh, we have dropped merch. Oh, wrong button. We have dropped merch. Wrong button. It's been too long. I meant to do this one.
1: That one makes more sense. Yeah, not this That's one. That's a big announcement.
0: Uh, no, we dropped merch. So, uh, there's a link in our bio on Instagram. Um, we've got t shirts, hoodies. Uh, we've got kids' t shirts. We've got <laughs> baby onesies <laughs> for the, all the baby listeners out there. Hey, you I'm gonna get one for my kid. You got a baby, like it coming. or not. Yeah, she's gonna, I uh, or she's gonna wear it. Me and uh, Lauren have a good friend that just had a baby boy that was born. Guaranteed, I'm getting that little guy one. Absolutely, have him repping. Uh, we've got crew socks. Um,
1: we got else? more stickers coming in. We got more stickers coming so in. We yep. got to add the podcast. I told them with it, just saying mild and lazy guys with our picture. We just got a couple of assholes who like decided to make stickers of ourselves. No. Uh, you got to have the emphasis that it's for a podcast. They're already ordered. Okay, cool. They're already ordered. Well, I got the original right here.
0: Yeah. Uh, they're already ordered. And I believe I do have some stickers up on the show. Um, or let me see, or, uh, uh, Up on the store. Let me double check before I run my mouth. Yep. I've got um, stickers on the uh, on
1: the website. How much on do you the... sell for a single sticker, though? Like a dollar? $4.
0: $4 for a sticker? It was the lowest I could go. Jesus. And again, let me emphasize. That's an expensive sticker. Right. But it was the lowest they would allow me to go. But um,
1: on the other hand, like, T-shirts are cheap, like 15 bucks. Hoodies, like 25 So that's yeah, reasonable.
0: I didn't want to make any profit. Um, I think like on the hoodies, we're making like <laughs> 77 cents on a hoodie. Um, I just really wanted to have, you know, throw some merch out for, uh, for you listeners. If you want to rep the show, um, I just, I don't want to make any money off of it. So um, it's really just an ego move. <laughs> yeah. I just right. want my face on the show.
1: Yeah. I just really wanted to put my face out there.
0: Um, but yeah, we've got some, uh, we've got some merch up, uh, go check that out, please. Uh, yeah, that's
1: crazy. When you see me that leak, it was like unbelievable this is what i do because you kind of surprised it to me and i was like i didn't know this was
0: and i sent it late enough to where i was like he's asleep it'll be a nice surprise when he wakes up so very surprising to see ourselves
1: on merchandise this is what
0: i do late at night this is why i don't get enough sleep because i'm up doing stuff for the podcast um but yeah so we've got merch link is in our instagram uh i would be uh forever humbled if you guys went out and got some um but it's there for you guys if you want it um so, with that, let's get into the show. What have you been up to, man?
1: Nothing exciting at all, no? even though it's been a while. No. Looking forward to next week, though. We're going on a vacation next week. We're going to um, Lake Murray, Oklahoma with my whole family, my parents, my sister and her kids, little sister, and we're having to split cabins. So, it's 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 more like a, not not bougie cabins, but not roughing it. It's like right in the middle. They're like 100 years old, you know, from FDR's New Deal. Mm-hmm. So, they built these, you know, like 100 years ago, almost, and but they got beds, they got air conditioning, and they got like a refrigerator, so it's enough for me. It's all like, you need. You know, we tried to go on that vacation in February, and the Texas just froze over. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just nice to get away. Um, that's going to be like all next week. Looking forward to that. We just did just our got everything prepping for this weekend, and um, one other thing that happened this past week is Claire had a little fucking thief come into her shop no way yeah so this lady came in there's a front door and a back door she comes in the back door which is weird you know no one goes in that way it's usually for for yoga because half the studio is yoga studio and the lady is like it's like oh yeah I'm, I'm looking for a yoga class and this was like at two o'clock in the afternoon and claire's like no there's no yoga clothes classes in the afternoon there's morning classes and evening classes and claire just being like the nice considerate person was like walking her around she walked around the studio and was like here's the schedule you know like You can take a picture. Um, She's like, this is, you know, just showing her around everything. And then gave Claire her, gave the lady her business card. And the lady was like, well, let me see your side of the shop. So she took her in there. Um, She's just kind of bullshit and looking around. Claire's just being nice and helpful. Cause she only had one other person in the studio at the time, which is like a regular. And this lady was like, well, let me look at these mosaic books over here. And it's right by like Claire's desk, which is like where the cash register is and all this stuff. So Claire was like, yeah, just sit down and look at that. And so this lady was just, like, sitting there for, like, five or ten minutes. And then she was just, like, she just got up and was like, okay, thanks. I'm leaving now. And Claire was like, okay, bye. And then she goes back to her desk and realizes that, like, her whole checkbook is gone. And that this lady was just sitting there waiting for an opportunity to, like, Claire to turn around. And she swiped her fucking checkbook. But it was her business checkbook. And Claire was like, but I gave her my business card. Because it says, like, Mosaic Hideaway on the check. She's like, she doesn't know what name to sign. But Claire gave her that business card. So it's just really, it's just bullshit because it's a small business. It's not like we're raking in money, you know, like Claire just makes enough to get by and she does what she loves. But then that lady went into like big lots and spent like $1,500, but Claire notified the bank. So they were like able to, I don't know, like claim it as fraudulent, but that Mm -hmm. lady still got $1,500 worth of stuff from big lots. And then Claire had to file like a police report. And they basically said, like, yeah, that lady's been hitting up all these small businesses around town. They're like, just taking whatever she can, and then she kind of hit the jackpot with a, with a checkbook from Claire's. And they they, Claire gave them all the information, description of the lady, description of the car, and they're like, yeah, we've gotten multiple reports. Like, hopefully, we find her soon. So, can
0: Claire, describe her because I got some boys.
1: We'll go around. I mean, we'll look for. Her. <laughs> I would. I would like to. I'd like to catch her and like, you know. Whatever happens, I'm not going to do That's like terrible man, like old school justice or anything like that. I just like to see her like actually go to fucking jail for it. You want,
0: what I will. We've established many times on this podcast, I'll punch a woman. <laughs> I don't
1: remember establishing that. <laughs> yeah, remember I
0: said remember I can't remember what we were talking about, but I was like, some with the Cowboys like, if, if this happens, I will punch my wife.
1: You don't remember that? <laughs> now you're talking domestic abuse. You're not talking just like Lauren does an eye for an eye like
0: Lauren does. She heard that and she was like. I can't believe you said you'd hit me on a podcast. Hey, if
1: Cowboys win the Super Bowl, we're
0: all bunch of wives. Dude, I'm, you won't see me for three days. Like, I'll go disappear in the wilderness.
1: Like, in you know, celebration? Yeah. Be hiding from your domestic abuse? No, in claims. celebration.
0: Like, I'll come back with, like, just wearing underwear and, like, all dirty. Dude, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Like,
1: you're going to eat cow shit like they didn't, or horse shit like in Philadelphia? <laughs> we'll
0: get to Philly. We'll get the. I got a Philly story in the junk mail. Um. So, nothing else other than getting stole from?
1: Nothing. No. My truck's about dead. think the transmission's going up. But I'm going to be cruising around in a sweet minivan here soon. Yeah, that's going to be so awesome. <laughs> I'm selling the Bronco, so I'm going to sell that and take what I can and buy oh, like a 2004 Dodge Caravan. I'll
0: keep an eye out for you, man. Um, so, yeah, uh, nothing really going on with me. Uh, I did get to go to the uh, Dallas Card Show last week, um, which was pretty cool. It was up in Allen, me and my brother, uh, and – Landry, my son went, and uh, so, yeah, we drive up to Allen, and uh, we uh, we park across the street in a parking garage, and when, we, when I turned on the street, I kind of noticed, like, a police car, like, sitting in the middle, like, in the, uh, they had, like, two lanes on each side and, in, like, a middle turn lane, and I thought, okay, well, he's just here, you know, kind of probably helping direct traffic, make sure nobody gets hit, you know, by a car or whatever, just directing traffic, and then we're walking up, and then I see, I see it two or f- three more police cars under like the awning. Cause it's kind of like a hotel where they've got the, you know, you pull up and you know, they've got the awning or the, I guess it's like an awning or whatever. So we walk in the front door and we actually follow in a cop. And, uh, so two other cops are already sitting there talking to a guy and he's got like a vendor badge around his neck. So he's there selling, you know, selling cards and, Somebody had stolen a five thousand dollar, uh, Patty Mahomes rookie.
1: Oh, that's a good choice, though.
0: Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was the first thing. It. So we walk in, we we see that, and we we don't really. I didn't really know what to do. There's people kind of milling about. You're in this lobby. There's like a bar slash re, uh kind of restaurant deal. There's you know, kind of tables outside, and I didn't know where to go, and I saw some people walking ahead of me, and I was like, okay, well, I'll just walk this way, so we walk in, and, and then we get to this, where everybody's kind of going into this room, and I walk, we walk in, and I was like, holy crap, there's probably, you know, 30, 40, 50 tables in this room, I was like, that's pretty cool, you know, so we start walking around, and uh, looking at all the cards, and it, it's just kind of overload, you just don't know where to start, um, right. you don't know what to look at, there's just I mean everything you can imagine: football, baseball, it's basketball. Like kid in the candy store. Oh, for like me. So you yeah. don't know where to
1: start. Just for me, yeah.
0: Wander. Um, and so we're kind of walking around. I kinda walking that like the perimeter of it, you know, trying to find. I wanted to get Landry taken care of first because uh, he wanted Pokemon stuff. So I'm kind of looking for Pokemon tables, and they've kind of got them scattered along the outside. And uh, and then I see this guy over the corner with a couple people around him, and there's like a line in front of him. I don't think anything of it. I'm just kind of walking. I kind of walk over there, and I happen to be kind of standing next to the guy. And I look over. I was like, "I tap my brother." On the show and I was like, "Fucking Mike Madonna, dude! Mike Madonna was there signing autographs." First of all, let me tell you something. Beautiful man. Oh, man. handsome as hell, dude. Still he, to this day, He as looks hell. like he could strap on the skates and play right now. He was in great shape. Tall, taller than I thought. Yeah, tall dude. Probably Imagine six skates, six two, six one, six two. I, I just thought, I don't know, I always thought he was a smaller guy, but looked great. Um, Kevin Hanglin, Hagelin was there from 105 through from c Masterpiece. He was there doing live break. He's a big card guy. Yeah. I think him I and, remember him
1: like promoting it during the week.
0: I think him and Basic are like the resident yeah. kind of card guys. Yeah. Basic uh, for sure. On the fan. Yeah. Um, but he was up there doing live breaks with this one, uh, with this one, uh, company. Um, so I saw him, uh, Literally almost ran into Tim Kalashaw. Uh And if nationally people would know him from uh, part of the interruption. Around, around me, the horn. Uh, around the horn. yeah. Uh, but we know him here as a.
1: Yeah, he's been with Dallas Morning News for like yeah, 25 he's years. he's a writer for news. the Dallas
0: Morning News. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so we're walking around this room. And, you know, Landry's T-ball team is the Cubs, right? Mm. So I'm wearing the Cubs hat. And this guy stops me, and he's like, hey, man, hey, hey. I'm like, yeah. And I walk over, and he's got you know stuff out. And he's like, here, take this card. And it's like some Cubs player, because I, I guess he assumed I was a Cubs fan. But it was an auto. It was a triple patch auto card numbered to like 99. He gave it to you? Yeah, he gave it to me. Shit, uh, that's Ian, cool. Ian Happ, maybe? Maybe. Never heard of him. But Still he gave it to cool. me. He's like, so you guys having a good time? I was like, oh, yeah, we're having a great time. He's like, have you been to the other room yet? And I'm like, other room? He's like, oh, yeah, this is nothing. Go around the corner. That's the big room. I was like, this is a small room? <laughs> He's like, yeah, so we make our way to this other room, and it's the picture that I showed you. Yeah, There's probably...
1: As far as I can see. As
0: far, I mean, there's probably 600 tables there. God. And it, I just, I had an overload, man. Like, I
1: couldn't... As if you didn't know where to begin before. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I couldn't... uh I just didn't know. I didn't and I didn't, ended up I didn't check probably a quarter of those
1: tables. Just ran out of time.
0: And you know, I kinda knew uh Landry had kinda lost his interest.
1: I would tell Ben and Landry to go wait in the car.
0: I almost did. <laughs> like but I'll be here. I'll be done in an hour. I didn't want to do that to Ben. Um but yeah. And I saw uh, I saw a $12,000 deal go down, and then I saw a $30,000 deal go down. And you've got people. They pay like
1: cash, like right there. Yeah. They walk through the yeah. briefcase.
0: Well, people were people walking around with these big, like, cases that held either cash or cards. Damn. Which, same thing. I mean, if you're walking around with $100,000 $100, worth of cards. Yeah. And then I got on YouTube a couple of days later and typed in Dallas Card Show, and, and there was hundred two dollars deals going down at that show.
1: A Mm $200,000 deal? What was it? Don't know. I just saw the little headline. But, yeah, I was like – It's crazy how that market's like – because that was something we did as kids is like just fun because I like to just look at the back. You know, I'd always look at the stats and read about each player, and now it's like – now I realize, like, no, there's actually value in these depending on, you know, the rarity and the player and what year.
0: This guy had soccer cards, and he had a graded Leo Messi kaboom, which is a certain type of insert. And now put your kids through college. I was like, "Hey man, uh, uh, what are you taking for that messy right there?" He's like, mm, $4,000. I was like, "All right, see you later." All right, I'm <laughs> okay, here. I was just
1: double checking. Yeah, yeah. I actually bought three thousand dollars with me. Uh, yeah, so. let me
0: go check with uh, <laughs> check with my uh, my finance manager and see. Yeah, like right.
1: That. But it's just it's crazy money. But man. you buy that expecting it to appreciate in value. Yeah. And. That's why the title Claire is like, it's an investment, you know? Like, it's going to work out down the line. It is,
0: but now it's if you don't have them slabbed or graded. Slabbed? never heard yeah, of that. Yeah, that's what, you know, the grade the graded, you know, plastic hard cases that they it's come a in. Slab. It's
1: called a slab. Oh, I like having them graded. Yeah. I've got some cards I really need to send in, man. But
0: now, but now even card grading, you can't get cards graded. I heard it takes
1: like a year because they're so backlogged. And
0: the pricing of them, you, you pay, like, um, PSA, which is the gold standard in mm-hmm. grading. Yeah, like,
1: a lot of you. If you get a card graded, like on eBay, and you get it, it'll say PSA. That's pretty much who does. PSA authority. is the
0: gold standard, and there are other companies that do like it, but Beckett, Beckett, yeah. Um, and they're gonna escape
1: me, but those are the only two I really know about. That's how rare it is. But PSA is like PSA, like the said, gold standard.
0: Yeah. Um, they have such a backlog that you cannot get. Like they had a twenty dollars service, a fifty dollars service per card. And then, like, a hundred dollar service is that
1: like priority list? Like, if you pay the hundred, you'll get it back quicker. It's
0: tiers, like, the twenty dollar per card service is like 180 days. But even that, those aren't even, they don't offer me. And do they guarantee
1: it's safety? Like, if I send it off to you, yeah,
0: I'm gonna get it back eventually. Yes, okay. Um, but they don't even offer those services anymore because they're so backlogged. The only way you can get a card graded is like two hundred dollars a card. I have so many I want to get graded.
1: Oh, I could think of at least 10 or 12, but that'd be thousands of dollars. And and
0: and you can go to these lower tiered ones. Like there's this one really cool. I think it's called like 8 HGA. It's like Hybrid Grading Authority. And they're really cool. They color match the, you know how the it's got like a uh, like the um the information little card at the top where it says what year, yeah. the name, the grade. They color match that to the card. So if you have like a black and orange card the color card the uh the info card at the
1: top will be black and orange that sounds cool. it's pretty cool it's just but, they don't know. have the reputation or and prestige. they're not valuable
0: like the same exact card graded to 10 a psa will be worth like a thousand that hga would be like 300 because they don't have the reputation they don't have
1: their but all it would take is more people going to hga yeah. to build yeah. up their reputation yeah.
0: but it was you know and i was talking to a guy they 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 came in from St. Louis area. And I was like, I bought some score, which score is like the Hyundai or Kia of the. Hey, man, my
1: wife drives a Hyundai. It's reliable. <laughs> it, it's just, it's efficient. not, a, it's
0: not a uh, desired brand in cards. It's not Prism. It's not, right. you
1: know, it's. it's kind of like the scraps like yeah when you look at a pile of cards all the prisms are gone and all that and it's like oh look here's a score
0: yeah but i like the look of them they look old school and it's what i can afford and so i was like man i'm just a i'm a broke dude in the wrong hobby it's a
1: good one if like to start off on like if you're gonna start a hobby of getting cards like start with some scores or some donrus or something so i bought
0: some i bought some score and then i bought us each you know that box of prism yeah yeah, uh, i opened mine just draft picks um but it was very cool. Uh, first time to go. Um, they got another one coming up early August. I think we're going to try to go to. Going on Sunday, I hope. Uh, yeah. So I, already,
1: I already talked to Claire about it. So <laughs> That's what, that's what went I there. went in there for. I was like, hey, August 8th, Like I think I'm going to Allen with Matt. She's yeah. like, what's going on? Cards? Okay. Yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, very cool. Uh, still doing. Langer's got – we're wrapping up T-ball season. And it's kind of unfortunate because he's finally now getting – the swing it seems of things. like it was a quick
1: season it was only it was eight, like eight games oh wow that's a really quick season. yeah
0: so uh but it was funny um he's kind of like the uh fan favorite um, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a showman he's a showman he's very <laughs> kind of animated um so last night he uh he went two for three last night and he scored a run and when he scored the run like we were uh he crossed home plate, and then he took his helmet off. And you know how like sport at pro professional athletes are like, yeah, you know when they do something good. Yeah. Landry like ripped off his helmet. He's like, yeah, yeah. And he goes in the dugout, and he's like, yeah. And he like slams his helmet down. He's like, <laughs> <"Rah!" Damn. laughs> dude. He acted like a madman, and the the whole our whole uh, all the family and all the parents and stuff they're just cracking up, laughing, they're cheering him <laughs> on. And Landry's like, yeah. He's got eye black on. You know, he looks like a savage, but just uh,
1: little. Little old Landry just working the crowd. I can't wait. Yeah, man. So uh, oh, he's got fall ball coming up, right? He's, he's got fall ball. ball. I'll he- go to a fall ball game. I'm not sitting down that heat. Not for was, even my dude, child. Dude, we got
0: really lucky this season. Like the first game was super hot, but the rest of the games, like we haven't had a hundred degree day yet. Yeah, no. I Last night our game was today. at eight. It was actually pleasant. It wasn't bad at all. Um, but yeah, he's got fall ball. Uh, I said, hey, man, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to play baseball again. So, baseball may be our thing for a while. That's I cool. even was like, hey, man, do you want to play flag football? He's like, no, I want to play baseball. He wants to focus on one sport. That's <laughs> smart. Which I don't agree with. I mean, I want him to play anything and
1: everything he wants. I but think you should play as many sports as you want until, unless you have the skill to really further that, you yeah. know? And then it's like yeah. maybe sophomore, junior year, focus yeah. on one. Yeah. So, But I wouldn't pitch a whole kid right now. No. No, let him do whatever he wants. Even they professional
0: want. athletes will tell you, making your kid specialize. In a sport is the worst thing they can do. Because they'll get burnt out. That and their skills and attributes that you pick up in other sports that Absolutely. will help you. In, oh, yeah. In, like you, you get hand-eye
1: coordination from baseball that yeah. can apply and to other sports. Yeah, you play sports. soccer, help you with your footwork. Yeah, footwork, exactly.
0: You know, your, you know, your acceleration, your burst. So, I mean, whatever he wants to play. I threw uh, flag football out there to him today, and he was like, no, I want to play baseball. But I think I'm going to get him – Uh, to watch a couple YouTube videos of, like, some flag football going on, and he might change his mind, you know. Um, But, yeah, so just baseball. Show him some of your
1: old highlight reels. I don't have any, unfortunately. I got some old, like, they made, like, our own personal like football cards back in the day oh, when we were like cool. the Silver Hawks and the yeah. Black Hawks and all that. Yep. I got mine, but I'm not wearing my glasses, so my eyes like wandering, <laughs> and I have like big Randy Moss pads on that are like eating my whole head. That's I look like so fucking day, stupid, dude. It's a classic picture because I'm like crooked eyed, and my pads are like up to my ears. <laughs> and I was like, number forty, <laughs> safety.
0: Oh man. All right. So, um with that, let's dude, I don't want to screw this up. I don't remember what the mail segment was. No.
1: Oh shit. I think it's that one.
0: All right, let's get to the junk mail. All right. And I've got one, like I said, uh Philly makes an appearance. Philadelphia, the beautiful city of Philadelphia makes a uh appearance in in the junk mail. Um Headline reads, and this is from the Philadelphia Inquirer: Shooting at Pat's Steaks allegedly over football leaves one man dead. Only
1: in Philly, or Florida? Yeah, Florida. Yeah, Florida yeah. can qualify for anything in this news segment. But
0: uh, headline, or the uh, story reads: One man is dead after an overnight shooting at po- at the popular Pat's King of Steaks in South Philly. Police said the shooting happened around one a.m. to Thursday after two men got into an argument while waiting in line for food at night. At 9th and Wharton Streets, according to Pat's general manager, Tom Francano, the two men were p- fighting in part about football. One was an Eagles fan and one was a Giants fan. Quote, they were arguing and it turned into a fight, Fran- Francano said. One guy grabbed the other guy and got him in a grip, and the other guy pulled out a gun and shot him in the torso. It was one shot. Yeah. The cops came right away. The shooter fled but was later arrested outside Independence Hall in Center City. The 23-year-old victim was rushed to the Ho- Jefferson Hospital where he died a short time later, police said. Uh, Pat's closed for about four hours while police investigated, but by Thursday morning, business had to return to normal at the iconic eatery. Customers were lining up for steak sandwiches and a pasta sauce the truck showed
1: <laughs> up to make a delivery <laughs> back to business as usual. Hey man, you know, <laughs> the truck showed up. So, so wipe who, up the blood. So, and, Which one died though? The Eagles fan or the Giants? Uh, it
0: doesn't say it doesn't say which one. Well, um, lose lose, I guess. Doesn't, doesn't say which one they are
1: arguing like who's, who's going to suck the most this year.
0: Yep. Uh, uh, it says, this was the first shooting on Pat's property. Uh, quote, the city is pretty violent anymore. We need to do something about it. Maybe too many guns, Connor said. Uh, quote, sad, you know, it's happening all over. Two years ago, Sixers forward Mike Scott got into a scuffle with an Eagles fan tailgating outside Lincoln Financial Field wearing a Washington football team jersey. In 2015, an Eagles fan threw several punches at a Giants fan in a booze-fueled fight at in a SEPTA station, which I guess is their public transit, uh, after disgusting. a game. In 1983, Zima Williams, better known as, as Chief Z, and an unofficial Washington mascot, suffered a broken leg and was left in a wheelchair at, for a year after an Eagles fan assaulted him following a loss at Veterans Stadium. Williams, who died in 2016, sued the Veterans Stadium security firms and ultimately won a $14,000 judgment. Not worth it. That, that they also just, threw batteries at Santa uh, I was going to say, that just didn't even begin to describe how miserable and worthless Philadelphia Eagles fans are. They booed Michael Irvin. They threw batteries at him. Well, that,
1: they only didn't boo Michael Irvin. Like, he basically was paralyzed for a moment and had to retire, and they still, like, cheered. and They more cheered him. Sorry, yeah, they cheered and him, like, yeah. like, they cheered the injury on. And, yeah, Michael Irvin had to immediately retire after that with, like, neck injuries, like, damn near paralyzed.
0: Yeah, so, Philly, you're disgusting people. Your women are ugly. Your football team sucks. Your city sucks. Yeah, but it's always
1: sunny. Hit. I love that show. Yeah, come on, great show. Like I said, I would I would go anywhere to watch a game. I'm not going to Lincoln Financial as a Cowboy fan. Like no. like I I respect their craziness enough towards like I'm not going in. I'll go undercover as like an Eagles fan just so I can. Like I
0: think that's the closest we have to like Europeans. Soccer, European like football, hooligan, hooliganism, hooliganism.
1: hooliganism. Who <laughs> the owl that's, in? A, that's a bad <laughs> word to stutter on. This. <laughs> okay, you got me. You got me, bro.
0: Um, all right. Uh, so next. Excuse me. Oh, I got that on audio. That's that's that gas station sandwich. Oh, dude,
1: yeah. Matt brought a gas station sandwich in here. I was like, dude, we have food. Nope, got a sandwich right here. (laughs) Dude, I'm always (laughs) starving. so nasty. Dude,
0: on the scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the nastiest, it was about a 3 or 4. It wasn't bad, dude.
1: I I made a delicious peanut butter and jelly sandwich, so I can't. It's not like I had some great meal. I had a sandwich as well, but I had, like, my own little sandwich. I had some chips. It wasn't bad, I got to sit down. But I'm always. That was just power eating this slimy game It wasn't dishes. slimy,
0: dude. I'm always starving when we come over here. You know, I got food. All you got to do is ask. I know. I know. Um, okay. So if you guys ever want to know what kind of prisoner I would be, this story, if I ever went to prison, this next story is going to tell you what kind of prisoner I would be. Headline reads Swedish prisoners take guards hostage, demand a pizza as ransom. Uh, two pr- Swedish prison guards were held hostage for nine hours on Wednesday by two inmates demanding pizza's ransom and were released when the food was delivered, a spokeswoman for the penitentiary told AFP. Neither guard, quote, was hurt and were able to return safely to their family prison. Spokeswoman Stina Lyles said, the inmates both doing time for murder at the Hallby High Security Prison near the town of, uh, I'm not going to do that, Eskoltuna. <laughs> no. Eskol Stuna managed to force themselves into an area reserved only for guards at about twelve thirty PM, said another prison official, Torquil Omnil. They took the two guards hostage who were in the area at the time. Quote, we quickly sent in a mediator and called the police.
1: Why would they call the police? You are the police. Yeah, you're the you're the police of that place for sure.
0: Um uh, according to Swedish media reports, the hostage takers made two demands, a helicopter to escape and 20, pi- <laughs> and 20 pizzas for the other inmates. Quote, yes, the pizzas were delivered. Jail spokeswoman Lyle said the two inmates were taken to the police station for questioning for quote unquote, kidnapping police said. So if you ever want to really know did what I went through,
1: <laughs> we want a helicopter, uh, and a pizza. Gas. No, no 20 pizzas. <laughs> yeah, he's right. We want 20 pizzas. <laughs> It's like you have all the power, man. You want 20 pizzas, get you 20 pizzas. And then it's like they just forgot they requested a helicopter. They got their pizzas, so they let the guards go. Like that was your that was your clat. that was your bargaining chip. Like it feels like that. the pizzas
0: feel like an afterthought. <laughs> that was a new not change well of clothes, thrown out. new identities, a full fueled you know jet. We want cable TV in the rec room and you know what? Throw in 20 pizzas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that they're convicted murders. I did I did not see that coming. I did, I, I pictured Sweden being like no murderers. No. Just I, banks and I figured knives. I figured like oh, man. Swedish there prison. Were the Swiss Army nine killers. Oh. Yeah, it took a twist.
0: I wish I had the law and order dun dun. Oh, that would have been a good one. Um Yeah, I imagine like Swedish prison, like just oh, like the chain like the chain link, like in your backyard, you know, that's just like waist high. Like i figured, I picture it being
1: like a nice loft. Like each like, one's like
0: I feel like it's just like an IKEA showroom.
1: Exactly. Yeah. With like little Built in cubby walls, yeah, for like a bookshelf. Mm-hmm. They got like a little fireplace, and the each bed folds
0: up into the wall to give them more space that's for so activities.
1: Practical. At, why, why wouldn't you have a fold up bed just to give you more room exactly. when you're not laying down? I think those prisoners are, called Murphy are probably beds. so
0: nice, yeah. But apparently, they can't get pizza. Um, well, okay. that's why they gotta take <laughs> hostages, <laughs> <laughs> take matters into their own yeah, hands. They're like, Fuck this we've had enough meatballs for the day, okay. I was gonna say
1: Swedish food, I was like, what the hell is Swedish food? Meatballs, meatballs, and Every Chocolate.
0: time we go to IKEA, we go to the cafeteria and get meatballs. They're good, dude. <laughs> every time, yeah, they're good. We go to. I've only Ikea, been in IKEA like three times, so I guess
1: every time I have to, we go quite a bit. A just Grand to look Prairie, around,
0: yeah. Just to look to wander, yeah. Wander loves line. it for
1: some reason. <laughs> He's gonna it's be a, a little weird. interior designer when he grows up. Go,
0: you know how because they have like the rooms like all set up like broken down. Like, yeah, like the model rooms. Room. Yeah, he loves going in there and just chilling. Like, take it, a nap on a bed. It's a good way to you know kill an hour. Um, all right. Last story. Headline reads Nevada woman breaks into dentist office, pulls 13 teeth from patient. Uh,
1: Again, you could just replace Nevada with Florida.
0: Florida. Um, A Nevada woman broke into a dentist office, stole money, and pulled 13 teeth (laughs) from an unconscious patient on
1: two separate occasions. So I like to think she had the money. She's making her getaway, but then she sees some guy laying there and she just backs up slowly. You know what? Grabs the pliers (laughs) and just starts ripping teeth out. Like this poor fucking guy probably went in for like a. Cavity or something, wakes up and he's missing 13 As feet. if you
0: need another excuse to dodge the fucking dentist. Um deputies allege that Lauren Ike, who is not a dentist, I like how they have to clarify <laughs> yeah,
1: that not a dentist.
0: Broke into a dental office where she had claimed <laughs> she had formerly worked. Ike stole allegedly stole 22,860. Do they I guess dentist got, offices roll like that? with You cash? would think it's paying? like
1: if you have insurance like you just go in and hand them your card like who's walking or in if with you don't,
0: 22 grand? You just bill me, bro. I don't have like I wouldn't expensive.
1: I would have never guessed that they would have $22,000 laying in a dental office.
0: She allegedly stole $22,861 in cash and checks during the May 3rd break-in. The Washoe County uh, Sheriff's Office said in a press release. Meanwhile, the tooth extraction occurred on a different date than the break-in, Ike told detectives. She also admitted to using anesthetic Anesthetic, anesthetic disposed of by the office police. So she was just high on laughing gas.
1: <laughs> that sounds terrifying. Some giggling crazy lady ripping teeth? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like from a, what was it, Black Mirror?
0: Yeah, it sounds like like the next M. Night Shyamalan movie or some shit. I Which don't know. does look pretty good. I'm gonna Did watch you see that? that? Yeah, I'm going to go see that. What's Old. It? Old. Yeah, yeah, that looks good. Ike, 42, was arrested Wednesday and charged with two counts of burglary and one count each of grand larceny, conspiracy to commit burglary. <laughs> Burgr- help me out. Burglarly. Oh, God. We That's should, a weird word. Why, are, why do we have a podcast? Bur- I can't even
1: say it, man. Uh, Skip it
0: and performed surgery on another without a medical license. Investigators did not say how they determined Ike to be a person of interest in the case, but they said she admitted to multiple people, including deputies, that she had performed the medical procedure. Ike, a resident of Reno, allegedly allegedly performed the extractions, quote-unquote, on her own time. (laughs) When are you just pulling teeth on your own time? She remains in custody at Washoe County, Jonah, $20,000 bond, which that... How much was the bond? Twenty thousand. She's got twenty-two laying around right now. Two grand, she's out. Yeah. Pulling teeth on the street again. <laughs> just doing just doing more work. Terrifying, dude.
1: Yeah, I just imagine like you come into from like a little haze and you just see this old crackhead like just ripping teeth out and just grinning from ear to ear. Like, how terrifying is that?
0: And I didn't print the picture out, but this lady looks fucking terrifying. Oh, I can
1: imagine how she looks like just from that story. It's not like some Sunday school teacher, like our no, wives, like some no. pleasant lady. Of course not.
0: No. Okay. All right. So uh, with that, uh, that was the junk mail. Let's move on to one of our newer segments, questionable questionable behavior from the Internet. Um, all right. So here's the first one. Am I the asshole for telling my son he needs to pay for his own lunch while he's at work? My 15-year-old son is going to his first day at his first job tomorrow. He'll be working 7 hours and earning $56 every day for a week, free and clear of any taxes. He already t- he already has $40 before he already has $40. Before going to bed, he told me that he needed money to go to lunch. I told him to make a sandwich and take it with him. He balked, saying it's their custom to go out. I told him to use his own money and that we weren't paying for his meals at work and that's just a part of working he needed to get used to. I would never have expected for someone to pay uh, for my fast food lunch during my shift when I was earning my own money as a teen. Am I the asshole for this
1: nudge into adulthood, or is this a thing now? Oh, that's a tough one. I don't want to be the asshole, but I feel like I'm the devil's advocate. Nice. I think I would buy his inaugural like first yes. day lunch, and even maybe a couple for the first week. And he, After that first paycheck, yeah, and you're making tax-free money, I'd be like, all right, man, I'll get you the first couple times. And then you're going to pick up the habit. If you want to go out, because then he's going to go out every day, or you know, like every other day. And I'd be like, "I'll get you the first couple, and then sandwiches, or you know, hot well, pockets, or something." That's
0: acceptable, but like, you know, how many fifteen-year-old kids nowadays are taking the initiative to go to work?
1: I I did. I had to start. Well, working nowadays, up. nowadays, like we're so much older. Yeah, you're right. I, I bet. Am. I bet he was pressured into that job too. You and, know, like he didn't. Well, I'm sure don't the have mom that was context, like. Context, but I mean, when I turned sixteen. My mom came home with like stacks of applications. It's like you're getting a job right now.
0: I think I would pay for the first one, like you said. Oh, yeah, Maybe I would pay the for first the first couple. couple and be like, hey, man.
1: Because my thing is... Because I'd like, be proud of them. I'd be like, man, you're, you're taking that step. I appreciate I, I'd it. I'd be proud
0: of them. And I would want my son to be saving money towards something, not wasting it on...
1: Did you save any money on your first job, or did you waste it? I wasted. Um, I wasted all of that—alcohol
0: and weed and condoms and
1: all kinds of okay, shit. You're way cooler than me. I was like DVDs and CDs <laughs> and, and, and stuff. you know, Man, Matt's over here getting laid and no, slamming beers back.
0: No, but you know, and gas money and in, you know, insurance and all that stuff, and yeah, and CDs and stuff. But I don't know. I would just like, yeah, let me grab your lunch for the first couple days, or yeah, I would definitely do it because
1: I'd be like, you know what? I'm really proud. At 15, it's a good summer job and it's not like you're going to do it forever. It's not if he was 24 and he was like, "Hey, I still need you to pay for all this." But being 15, that 40 bucks to him is like everything. You know what I mean? Like 40 bucks is like, you know how much I can get with $40? Like well, he, I could understand him he'd not be wanting making to dip $56 in.
0: a day. Yeah, but he hasn't started yet. So right. that 40 bucks that is all 40, he got. Yeah. So until, I would say the
1: first I would be like, "You know, until you get your first paycheck, I'll pay for the first couple. i yeah. you know, we'll go to the grocery store, we'll pick out the fancy deli meat you want." So you can make sandwiches every other day. But yeah, I would definitely pay, pay for the first couple just to show that I'm, I was proud of them yeah. for taking that initiative. And then, but then once you're on your feet as in at week two, yeah, you're in the sandwiches. To, you've
0: got to make a financial decision that like adults do like, Hey, do you want to waste your money on lunches every day? Or do you want to, you know, eat from home? I'm still save wasting that money? my money
1: on, lunch, on dinner all the time. I, we, we got like Marcos pizza, Ale, Mexicano grill in this week. It just depends. the, the,
0: the couple that goes to the grocery store and buys groceries and the couple who has to cook are two different couples with us. Because, like, we go to the store intent on buying groceries for the week and cooking mm-hmm. at home. Oh, yeah. And then when it comes to cooking dinner, we're like, we don't want to.
1: No. We got broccoli and asparagus in the fridge. You are like, you know what sounds really good? Kikas, quesadillas, ideas yeah. elote. Yeah, or some pizza. And I'm like, I'm sold right now. Let's go get it. We'll watch Big Brother.
0: Yeah. So, um... But yeah, and most of the days, i I have a thing like I go out on Fridays. That's my one day at work yeah, when I go good. out to eat.
1: And for me, I eat always have to eat like at work, by you know, like in my car by myself, which sounds depressing, but it's really not. Um, but then when we get home, yeah, because we're you know you're tired. Yeah, Claire's not a big cooker, and if we didn't lay anything out, it's like, well, I got a coupon from Marco's right well, here. That's right. <laughs> <So> yeah, <laughs> it's Lauren easy to usually persuade.
0: makes my lunch, or she'll pack. <sighs> what mine. a good lady. But not what it seems she's like i know you i know you won't make your lunch and if i don't make it you're gonna go out every day and i'm
1: like you know, she's what? still looking out for you you're right so it's so yeah. like here take this beef jerky stick and i'm like <laughs> that's the nicest thing you've done to me all year thank you for this so most of the
0: time she makes my lunch make sure i have lunch um nope. so yeah two different women okay so we're we're pretty much we agree on oh yeah she should show appreciation because yeah.
1: that like you said 15 16 year olds even 18, 19, 20 year olds now aren't going out and getting jobs unless they're like absolutely have need to or like need to provide for the family. No one's taking that initiative. No. So I would, I'd be proud of them. I'd, I would buy a few. Okay.
0: So this next one, it's a little different territory for us. Okay. It's relationship advice. Oh, I'm ready.
1: All right. We're whizzes at this. <laughs> we are such studs. So <laughs> our ha- wives have been with us for a combined like 20 something years. Yeah.
0: So, uh, headline is, my boyfriend doesn't want to have sex with me. So, here's the thing. <laughs> my boyfriend, 25 male, and I, 22 female, have been together for four years now. After two years, our sexual activity reduced, which is natural in a long-term relationship. However, I felt like I needed more, so we talked about this a lot. He said that it's physically impossible for him to do it more, which I didn't believe, by the way. So I let it go.
1: Is that you talking or no, that's what it says? Uh, that's what it says oh, okay. in, 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 uh, <laughs> okay.
0: in parentheses. Gotcha. She, he said that it's physically impossible
1: for him to do it more. And then in parentheses, it says, no, which, which I didn't no leave. guy has ever said ever. No, no I'm no. never like, you know what, Claire, I think I'm good on six this week. Let's just, let's just roll over and read a book. Yeah. Never no, going to say mm-mm. that. Cool.
0: Nope. Uh, until now. We only have sex like once a week or even less, and I feel like total shit. When I try and initiate sex, he always tells me no, so I don't even try anymore. I don't have any confidence at this point because it seems like he doesn't want me. He gets angry and frustrated when I ask him if he wants to have sex, and this made me feel angry and fr. Uh, this made me feel disgusting and like a freak for needing it. Even if we do it, it seems to me like he only cares about his own pleasure. The intercourse is over after he finishes, even if I don't. It feels like he doesn't even care about me or my needs, and I feel helpless. Other than this, our relationship is pretty good. We rarely fight. We've been living together for a year and a half now. We go on dates. We have fun. This is why I have no idea what to do. I've also noticed that he's not as cuddly as he was before. If I don't snuggle up to him at night, he won't come to me. Last night after I came home, he was watching some videos on his phone. I asked him to put his phone down and pay attention to me since we didn't see each other all uh each other all day. He basically shouted at me that he wouldn't put it down and he didn't want to have sex with me, even though I only wanted to cuddle for a few minutes before falling asleep. I really feel hurt and confused. How do I talk to him about this again? What do I say so that I don't hurt his feelings so that he can understand how I feel? I feel like I'm pushing him to have sex with me. He always tells me that I have such a high sex drive and he can't keep up. Frankly, he doesn't even want to meet my ne- he doesn't even try to meet my needs. I just want to come to a compromise. I want him to meet me halfway. Also, sorry for my mistakes. English isn't my native language, which there weren't. Man, no, it's good me. Me that well. Um, so, yeah, <clears throat> I don't.
1: <sighs> Break it down, Matt. What you thinking?
0: I don't know. We all have our individual love languages, um, and that's a term
1: that is new to me. That's like a Dr. Phil term right there.
0: That's so a term that's new to me because I think we all get. In these ruts, where yeah, you're right. It does slow down after a time. You know,
1: you get kids, you get full time yeah, But they're still jobs. like early twenties. Early twenties, no, no kids. kids, not married. That's that was red flags for me because I could understand. Yeah, once you start having kids, that's understandable. And once you're working like both, you know, full time jobs, because you get home and
0: you almost have to schedule it in. Like, okay, oh, yeah. Thursday night, nine p.m. We'll start. Full Which play. every
1: lady loves a good scheduled sex time. <laughs> oh, uh, by
0: by nine thirteen, we should be watching. Oh yeah, Conan or something.
1: I don't know. Why did I say that? I don't know.
0: Nobody watches Conan anymore. No,
1: we're a Jimmy Fallon family. Okay.
0: Uh, we're watching Netflix by 9.13.
1: Absolutely. Just a broad statement.
0: Foreplay at nine 9.13. We're wrapped. It, we, everything's wrapped up. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm grabbing the M&Ms by 9.15. That's right.
0: Um. So, uh, you know, girl, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I don't know
1: either because I, I didn't expect this. I didn't expect the guy which I understand, like you said sex drives vary and you just assume like all guys are horny and want to always have sex, but you know that's not the case, and but to be like she has to beg for at least once a week like I don't know man like maybe sums up with that guy
0: maybe maybe you know his love language is like acts of service like maybe she needs to figure out what okay obviously her love language is physical touch and being sexual, so maybe she needs to figure out what his what what does it for you? Does it acts of service? Is it, um, like reassuring you, like verbally? Is it something else? Tell me what I need to do to put you in the mood or to make you feel loved, and maybe that maybe that's the key to unlock kind of the sexuality, the sexual aspect. of Yeah, it. they
1: definitely got to have like a conversation because, and the fact that like she feels bad about all this, like she, like he makes her feel like she's like some. Sex fiends or something like that's not good for her. I would either. get
0: it if it was like three times a day, every day.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, if you were like constantly, always trying to get it, but she she just wants yeah. it at least once a week, if not more. Which, like you said, like that's kind of normal to be like once or twice at least yeah. a week. It's not like it's hey, let's pull over here on you know in this right. sidewalk and let's do it right here and right. be like, nah, that's pretty weird, right? So she's yeah. like, she's just kind of asking for like the minimum.
0: Yeah, uh, I think she just like she said, she wants to come to a common ground, like.
1: And obviously she still loves him and they still get along, but, you know, like that's a big part of the and, relationship. And,
0: you know, it may be the sad reality of, you know, he's 25. Uh, they've been together since he was 21 and she was 18. You know, maybe, you know, I know for me what I wanted at 18 or 21 is different than what I wanted at 25, 26, 27, you know, so maybe it's just a thing of they're grown apart and that just totally does it for him, you know, like you he's bring that out of in. it. Then, yeah, he needs to step yeah. up.
1: Because right now she feels like shit because of it because he's not telling her everything. Yeah, he needs to like. step
0: up and just be like, hey, this is the deal. Like, I want something else because you're getting to that territory now where, like, it should or get off the pot. Like, you're going to really break this girl's heart.
1: Yeah, especially if you just drag it on.
0: Yeah. So, not that she's ever going
1: to hear this. This is a random story <laughs> off the <laughs> <Yeah>. internet. So, <laughs> not that yeah. many people ever hear this. But. No, uh,
0: but, yeah, Sounds like they just needed to sit down and have a heart to heart, and he needs to be honest. That's the main thing. So, what would you think about it? You like the relationship advice? Yeah, of course. We I wish it. I wish we could have people submit it so they would, they could put our feedback into use.
1: But yeah, I mean, we don't know where this lady even came from. Obviously, nope. she's not American. This is from Reddit, from the internet, from the internet.
0: Okay, with that, let's get in to our Mount Rushmore. Sweet. And as I mentioned in the open, this week we're talking about our favorite college athletes of all time. Now, when uh, you say
1: athlete, do you mean football player? Sorry.
0: Or? Favorite college football player. I was player. like, I don't have, like, any basketball players. I or wrote that I down wrong. Favorite college football okay. player. I was thinking, man, Matt's going to be, like,
1: really broad and, like, look so diverse in Newt
0: Rockney. <laughs> he was a five-star or five-sport athlete. No, uh, favorite college football player. I'm going to let you go first.
1: Well, I told you you would never guess this first one. And then on the very first guess, you got it, which blew my mind because it's Chris Winky, the quarterback from Florida State from like 1999 to 2000. Um, I put on here, he was the ACC Player of the Year, ACC Offensive Player of the Year, Johnny Unitas Award winner, Davey O'Brien, and the Heisman all in one year in 2000. Um,
0: Let's mention he was like 28 at
1: the time. Yeah, because this is the best part. He was a USA Today high school All-American. In 1989. So he was like a two-sport athlete. He decided to pursue baseball. Mm-hmm. Actually pretty close to making it to baseball, but then, you know, like a lot of times when you get drafted, they'll be like, we'll set you aside a college fund so you can always go back. And I guess when he was probably AAA, he was like, fuck it, I'm going to go play college football at Florida State. And Florida State was just powerhouse at that time. You know, it was like peak Bobby Bowden years, like those 90 years. Um he was actually the college football champion as an Alabama offensive analyst in 2017. So he's coaching now. Oh, cool! And he beat Michael Vick in, in Virginia Tech 46 29 in the 1999 BCS championship. That's crazy! And he went on to play in the NFL, but he wasn't shit. But I just I was a big the Florida, Was it? Yeah, I was a big um, Florida State fan before I betrayed my Seminoles and went over to Miami. Because I was just, you know, when you're young, you're just a bandwagon fan. And those teams had, like, the best teams in the 90s and 2000s. Yeah, I got a couple
0: floors to take, guys.
1: Dude, I have a picture from when I'm about 12 years old. I'm holding a miniature Pomeranian puppy that my sister had named Trixie. I already like this visual. <laughs> and I'm, like, turned, like, like this way, like looking over my oh, like shoulder glamor shot yeah, glamor <laughs> shot, big round glasses holding the puppy. And I'm wearing my Chris Winkie Jersey. And I was like, that <laughs> might be the greatest picture I've ever taken in my life. Oh my God. Like I'll never forget that. And I wish I still had that Jersey dude. All it was, he was number 16. Yep. So it was just a Florida state color. It had this, you know, all the cool little things on the side. And then it was just 16 with Winky on the back. And I was like, I thought I was the coolest thought fucking the guy coolest with this Chris the Winky jersey. Yeah. And everyone's like, who the fuck is Chris Winky? I was like, you wouldn't get it, man. He's he's beyond you. He was like a twenty nine <laughs> year old rookie. But he was he was great, man. I was a big, like I said, big Florida State Miami fan. So I got a couple more on there, but you go.
0: Uh and they're not ranked other than this one. Uh I have a number one and then they're not ranked after that. LaDainian Thompson. Yep. TCU. Uh, one of my first college football games I ever went to was TCU-SMU. Uh, and Ladan- my older brother took me because he knew I was a, such a big LT fan. And I think he rushed for like, I don't know, like Literally something stupid. 450. 50.
1: Like you could say 400, and I would believe it.
0: He's got the single game rushing record.
1: I thought somebody broke it. Mm, let me double check. I thought somebody broke but it, yeah. then like a week later, somebody else broke it. But yeah.
0: Um, no, Ladanian Thompson, Like
1: San Jose State running back or some shit. Uh, was
0: um, he's my uh,
1: Matt's typing on the screen.
0: Sorry, pier. I'm typing. <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> uh, he, he wore number, and that was like kind of the first time where I kind of noticed like uh, college players could wear different numbers in the NFL. He wore number five for TCU. TCU was my favorite college football team growing up, and he was just uh, he was just a man. He was just, he so really good. was. He put
1: TCU on the map. Was that yeah. Gary Peterson? Or uh, no, he
0: actually played for Dadgummit um, Fran Fran Francioni Fran Dennis Francioni, I believe he was a. I think he was an ex. Uh, I think he was an ex uh, AM and M um, uh, coach. <laughs> you uh, are
1: losing it. Trying to look at this computer.
0: November twentieth, nineteen ninety nine. He ran. He rushed for four hundred and six yards. Um,
1: I told you it could be four hundred, and I would totally believe it. Sorry, I couldn't quite hear you. Could you please repeat what you? The fuck was
0: that? I think it's my phone. I think Siri's trying to get in the conversation. Yep, it was Siri. Um,
1: Who holds the record now, though? Don't look it up. It'll take you long unless I, no, unless no, you want no. me to go for my second while you're doing that. Oh gosh.
0: Ah, jeez. Uh, Tony Ninnanir. Uh,
1: Turner, yeah. no, 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 no. Everybody knows Melvin, that guy.
0: Melvin Gordon on, that in 2014 for, with 408 yards. Somebody else broke it, man. Jarrett Patterson for Buffalo in 2020 with 409 yards. And then did somebody and else break it right after that? Samaji P. Ryan in 2014, 427 yards. Um, oh, that was Oklahoma. Oklahoma,
1: yeah. So, uh, so I remember like somebody broke Kansas. it and then like broke it. In, of course it was Kansas. Yeah. I could have uh, put the Kansas no, team up But no, LaDainian Thomason,
0: he's from Waco. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just the man. He ended up having a. He's a hall of famer, college hall of famer, and oh yeah, pro hall, NFL hall of famer, high school, college, pro, yeah. everywhere he went, hall of famer. And he and was. Just, he's hall of a fame, hall of fame guy. He's a really humble, humble dude. Yeah. Um, he's just, and hands down, number one, my favorite college football player of all time.
1: Well, he's up there with Winky. I'll give you that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> next one, because I kind of went my position, so I went with a running back next to. Um, I'll give you. I had, but then I took him away. It was see if you remember Marcus Lattimore, South Carolina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was a big Marcus Lattimore fan, but then he blew out his knee. Yeah. So bad, badly. Yeah. Like ruined his career. So I went with another the guy that was actually more uh, exciting to watch. And that was Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush in college was just yeah. on another level. Um, He's a two time all American, two time PAC 12 player of the year in 05, 04 and 05. He won the 05 Heisman AP player of the year, the Walter camp and the Doak Walker award, two time national championship and I got here is here's his 2,000 stats from when he won the Heisman. 200 attempts, so only 200 attempts, 1,740 yards. That's 8.7 per carry. Uh, that's 16 touchdowns. He also had 37 receptions for 470 yards and two touchdowns. That year, I mean, they were just unstoppable. I believe that was the year of the Bush push. If you remember that, playing in Notre Dame, which was some bullshit when Matt Leiner, like they were like, Last second down they were they trying the to keep goal their, line yeah they're at the goal line they had like a 30 something game winning streak going on and um Reggie Bush pushed Matt lineard in which is illegal you know you can't push a guy forward for progress um but they ended up losing later on that year to UT and Vince young who is also an honorable mention I'll go ahead and say that Vince young um that was just that was probably the greatest college football game I've ever seen that the 05 Rose bowl, Rose bowl mm-hmm. yeah yep so it was just good to see Texas wins great to <clears> see usC <throat> lose But at the same time Reggie Bush was. To me, probably the best running back I've seen in college.
0: Uh, I got a couple that rival it. <clears throat> All right, um, my second one, and it's somebody that's near and dear to our hearts: yep. uh, Seneca Wallace,
1: quarterback for Iowa State. Again, put him on the map. That's somebody else who put the I put remember that team on the map. I just
0: for one, the name Seneca stick stuck out because I've was, never heard that name before. And he was
1: like a poor man's Michael Vick; like yeah, he was that he,
0: good. He was. He could do it. He was dual threat. He could do it with his arm, with his legs. Uh, I remember they had these badass helmets with because uh, of the Cyclones and they had the little tornado yeah. uh, on the helmet. Um,
1: Wasn't he, it like with their little mascot coming out the top?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, just he gave me a reason to tune into Iowa State. You know, down here in Texas, we get Big 12. It's Big 12 country, which we'll we'll get to uh, a little later yeah, in the show. now, it's Big 12 um, <laughs> So, you know, on Saturdays, we'd get, you know, any, any Big 12 game. So, yeah. Um, they kind of, for me, put Iowa State on the map. I remember Definitely. whatever year that was, you know, I instantly started a dynasty with Iowa State so I could play with Seneca Wallace. Um, but, yeah, so Seneca Wallace, quarterback for Iowa State. You ended up, you know, having a decent stint in the NFL what as a backup. Seattle? Seattle. Yeah, I remember for, in Seattle uh, for a long a long while. while. Um, so, yeah, Seneca Wallace, my number two. That's a good one, man.
1: For me, Texas Tech, wide receiver, Michael Crabtree. From Carter, Carter. Yep, he's a quarterback for Carter. He was he uh he was a two time Blitnikoff Award winner in 2007 and two thousand seven and two thousand eight. As a two time All American, two time All Big Twelve, and this was in two thousand seven. So this was his first year because I actually have a buddy I should mention um, that played at SMU at work. Uh, I have a buddy at work that played at SMU at the time, and he's from Ennis, and that's where Graham Harold went to. Mm-hmm. So my buddy would he was still a quarterback at Ennis and. Graham Harold was there, throwing, you know, playing with them all, and he was like, you know, our best player on this team is a redshirt freshman this year. Like, he's not even on the team yet. He's from Carter. Turns out it was Michael Crabtree, and so my buddy actually got to play a little bit with Harold and Crabtree before he went to SMU, and he actually played with Cole Beasley and all this shit. So he's got like cool stories. But anyways, back to this. This was his redshirt freshman season, a redshirt sophomore year, if he was a fresh, a redshirt freshman. Anyways, these are all records still to this day: 134 receptions. 1,962 yards and 22 touchdowns in his first collegiate season. I just remember that game, was it Texas?
0: Where like he caught that po- pass on the sideline, like tiptoed in, and beat Texas like that was right at Texas, the end.
1: That was when Texas was number one, mm-hmm. and Tech was like number three. Yeah. I remember where I was when we watched that game. So dude? do I. And, yeah, like you said, he tiptoed it in. They were in Lubbock, so in they, Lubbock, they just yeah. lost their fucking minds. And they were the number one team in the country, mm-hmm. but I think they lost like the next week or the week yeah. after, but that was still the biggest game in tech history. Yep. They made it all the way to number one, and Michael Crabtree, man, like, again, a guy that put that team on the map. Like, I know they had Graham Harrell before that and Cliff Kingsbury, but those guys were just system quarterbacks that put up yards. Crabtree, man, had a great NFL career, too. Like, people probably forget how good Crabtree was, but I've always been a Michael Crabtree fan, just until Richard Sherman just absolutely, like, took his nuts from him. And then uh, keep Dalib. Yanked his chain yeah. off like Debo. Yeah, like, it's all been downhill since that night in 2007, but those numbers are just ridiculous, dude. Almost 2,000 receiving yards as his first year in the college. Yeah, no. I mean, was like a good one,
0: man. Uh, my third one, uh, Ricky Williams good. from UT. I a mean, you're kind of years are kinda
1: old school. I like that.
0: Oh, well, what am I? Three years older than you? Two years? I'm
1: 33.
0: Okay, I'm a couple years older. I just when I was little I didn't have much to do on Saturdays in the fall but watch college football um, but Ricky Williams um, he, he wore 34 like uh or no, he wore number 11 excuse me um but he just was, was in that great line of Texas running backs you know uh, Earl Campbell then Ricky and then Cedric Benson after Ricky Williams um he just he was in in that line and he was just a he had the dreadlocks and he was powerful uh, he was, you know, now we know, you know, he's a super chill dude. He's really into herbal medicine and yeah. chiefing on the reefer. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> sheriff from for like 1960s.
0: Chafing on the reefer.
1: Uh, really, that's the only thing that slowed his career down because he kept getting like suspended. And If he was playing today, it would be no problem.
0: Yeah. No problem.
1: No problem at all. And he had the talent to be one of the top ten running backs of all time. Yeah,
0: and going back to cards, um, I was really into cards when – he came out, and I had a bunch of his. I still to this day I have a
1: bunch of his rookie cards. Didn't um, he wear a dress for like his um, well, like a Mike Ditka photo shoot? Yeah, on when they when they, they drafted him. Yeah, because they did, were like. Cause if you don't to know the story, other. they they traded the. Fucking, they traded their entire the draft. draft. They did. They traded their entire draft, like every pick they had that year, mm-hmm. to move up. I don't even think it was that many picks. Was it? It was like no. a handful of picks yeah. to move up. Did yep. he win the he won the Heisman that year mm-hmm. too, didn't he? Yep. Cuz I remember that year he broke like I think he broke a career rushing record, single season record like he just he ruled college football and so that's why Ditka was like obsessed with taking him that year. Yep. So uh yeah, they mortgaged an entire Imagine that now. People talk shit about if you take a giving now, up a one. Now no, I was going to say now they'd give you shit if you take a running back in round 1. Yeah. Imagine trading every pick and they Cowboys did it too with Herschel Walker. They got Tons of picks back in players. We got three Super Bowls back in return. Pretty much, we yeah. did because they gave us players. But if you didn't resign the players, they converted to picks. So that's what they did. They had those players. They let them walk. Those all turned into draft picks. And look what we got. Yep. Now, if you did that, you'd be fired so fucking fast from your GM. So yeah, but,
0: Ricky Williams.
1: That's a good one, man. I had to go with um, one defensive player, and this guy in college just had just hung dong on everybody. Like no Charles Woodson. Again, you're old school. Jadavion Clowney. Oh, okay. He was a man among boys, even in the SEC.
0: I'm saying you do want to talk about defensive players hanging dong. He's didn't he win the Heisman?
1: Who? Watson. He was more of a returner though, wasn't he? I thought he was a defensive back. Too. He was a defensive back, but I think he got a lot of points for returning. The Heisman. Okay, go ahead. Don't I don't want to step on your toes. <laughs> this guy was a two-time All-American, two-time All-SEC, SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I put down, let's see, his freshman year, 36 tackles, 12 tackles for a loss, eight sacks, five forced fumbles. Next year, sophomore year, 54 tackles, 23 and a half tackles for a loss, 13 sacks, and three forced fumbles. Junior year, kind of fell off, but at that point, he was already thinking ahead for his future. Yeah. Because you have to be three years removed from high school. So at that point, he just kind of like coasted. But what ne- What I'll never forget, I believe they were playing, was it Michigan. When he like busted through the line and caught that running back in the Mm -hmm. backfield and like just his head
0: exploded, like his his, his helmet helmet flew flew off. off. And I
1: mean, I thought the guy was fucking dead. And they were like, "Just imagine how good you have to be to go number one overall." I mean, we know Miles Garrett did recently, and and Miles Garrett as a pro is much better than Clowney. Like Clowney to me has been a disappointment in the league, but when he was in college playing at the highest level in the SEC, he was a man among boys, dude. He just had that he just had that grown man body as soon as he stepped onto. At 18 years old. At 18, he, as soon as he stepped on campus at a freshman. He had an NFL he had body. an NFL body that was just uncomparable to anybody else mm-hmm. in the league.
0: That's a good one. That's a that's a really good one. Um, oh, my last one, again, is an old school, uh, my first Florida State appearance. Uh, Peter Warwick. I don't know if you remember him. I'm sure you do, since he said you were a big Florida State yeah, guy. Another, but,
1: like, dual threat quarterback.
0: No, he was a wide receiver.
1: Oh, I'm thinking of uh, the Houston. Andre Ware. Andre Ware. No, uh,
0: Peter Warwick. You think he wore number nine? You just never knew. He was a Devin Hester light. Diet Devin Hester almost. Like, you just never knew on punt returns, kick returns, or when they got him the ball through the offense. You just never knew what was going to happen, and he could break a play at the drop of a hat. Um, he was electric. Uh, he was all, he was just super fun to watch. He got into the league. Uh, I want to say he signed with... So he got drafted by Cincinnati, didn't do much. Uh, but, yeah, Peter Warrick, uh, he was one of my favorite college football players to watch.
1: And, honestly, when you look at our list, we have a lot of busts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Reggie Bush might be the – or Crabtree, I guess, is the best pro on my list. But clowning me, is a bust. Winky was too old. But Reggie Bush coming out, everyone thought was a can't-miss prospect, and he turned out to be a bust in hindsight. And, um
0: – I mean, that's why – the jump from the college, college game to the program pro game game is just—it's the biggest crap shoot in all sports.
1: And then you got guys that get undrafted or seventh, sixth round and turn out and to be some of the greatest. You guys like Kurt Warner,
0: yeah, that are he literally was working groceries. at a grocery store, and he's—he's he's one of the best to to
1: do it. At least for that time period, at least he for have that. The long day, for but he that, took two different teams to Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah,
0: two franchises that were, were bad franchises. And all,
1: yeah. And, have barely sniffed that success since, I guess, L.A. a couple years ago. But, yeah, I I see what you're saying. Um,
0: You got honorable mentions?
1: Yeah, I'll just kind of bust in real quick. Um, Malik Hooker, which is a recent guy, like, from Ohio State, I thought he was going to be the next Ed Reed.
0: I believe he's visiting the Cowboys. Yeah, he's coming off
1: like a blown Achilles or something, though. That's why a lot of people are passing on him. But him coming out of Ohio State, I could have swore. He went, like, 15th overall, and I was like, this guy is pro, can't-miss prospect, Hall of Famer. And now he's like just shopping around like bargain shopping. Uh, another guy from the U, Jeremy Shockey, tight yeah. end. I, for some reason, and then when he got drafted by the Giants, it killed me. Mm-hmm. But I just loved his attitude; like he didn't give a shit. Well, you know? he had the U attitude, and he and he was just like the big like country boy. Strongest from like Ida, Oklahoma, so small Oklahoma town. Went to Miami, got drafted. You know, then he got drafted by a New York market. I mean, nobody could stop that guy. He was like. If you put him in the league right now, he's probably the third or fourth best tight end. I just always love Jeremy Shockey. Um, Tyron Matthew, LSU. LSU. Um, Honey Badger. The Honey Badger don't give a fuck. Um, and my last one, another guy that had his career just derailed from the U was Willis McGahee. No. That when you could injury. see his leg literally bend the other way. It was, was like a 90-degree angle the other way. Dude, it was the it was one of the nastiest. Same with Lattimore. I, I was like, both those guys were going to be 10-year mm-hmm. careers, and yep. then you just see their legs just buckle the wrong way and, Both of them, I'm sorry, Willis McGahee actually played several years in the league. Like, I think he made a Pro Bowl or two. He did, for Buffalo. (laughs) Buffalo, and I'd say he was finished with maybe the Ravens. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, McGahee, or I'm sorry, Lattimore never played. I think he got drafted, but never played. McGahee, good for him to come back from that injury because that was fucking nasty. But, again, just, I mean, I got other stuff here. Most of them were, like, you know, All-Americans. Some of them were BCS champions, and then some of them just didn't work out. Shockey was kind of a... I don't know. Shockey was actually really good. I shouldn't say anything better about Shockey. But what are yours? What you got? Um,
0: real quick uh, on the first two because my last two kind of have some explanations behind them. Uh, Deion Sanders, uh, Florida State. Again, one of the best to ever do it. Say what you want about him. Um, Just don't call him Deion. Oh, we didn't bring that up. What a fucking dude. So in case you didn't hear, um, Deion Sanders is at um, Jackson, Jackson State. State. Uh, as the head football coach, and he walked out of a press conference because one of the reporters referred to him as Dion. Which is his given name. Which is his (laughs) God-given government name uh, instead of Coach Prime because that's what he prefers to be known as.
1: And He goes, well, you you wouldn't call Nick Saban Coach Nick. It's like, guy, you're not Nick Saban. You're You're a a first-year coach at Jackson State. Nick Saban has, like, what, six national titles from two different teams? And, yeah, reporters call coaches by their first names all the time. I just – the fact that he's in his – it's probably one of his first ever press conferences, and he's already acting like that. He's a
0: fraud, dude. He's always been a fraud. That's why prime prime prep here in the Metroplex failed. He let down a bunch of kids here. Uh, he's just a fucking fraud.
1: I mean, he should just be like a defensive backs coach at Florida State.
0: He should go make weekly TV appearances on the NFL
1: Network and then go away. I don't think this is going to work. I, I could see him being a good recruiter, but – yeah. If you walk out of your but, one of your first ever prep conferences because they called you by your first name, get the fuck out of here. Man. Okay, like, you say a good I recruiter. Can believe that.
0: Is he getting the number one recruit in the nation to go play Jackson State? No, no they but he to go...
1: Getting like guys in the top three hundred. How many? How many top three hundred guys did Jackson State get before he got there? And he got a couple of them.
0: I don't know how many before or after
1: he's been there, but
0: anyway. So yeah, but Deion Sanders. When prime time oh, was yeah. born in oh. Florida State.
1: He has legendary stories from him at the combine. Didn't he wear like all his chains and still run a forty and like four two? Yeah. Which no. is like one of the one and, of the top five fastest of play, all time. He'd
0: go play an NFL game and then turn around and play for the Yankees. Yeah.
1: Um play for the Braves. He was a Hawks. He played for Atlanta. Played uh, for Atlanta yeah. Falcons. And the I thought Atlanta he played Braves. for the Yankees too. Probably later on. But <laughs> yeah, when anyway. he was, when he did the two games in one day, yeah. it was yeah. both Atlanta. Okay, cool.
0: Um my next one is Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I thought about. You yeah. want to talk about? I, I man. just had too
1: many running backs, but AP. You
0: yeah. know, a man amongst boys. Yep. I think I told the story. Like I, I watched him play in high school uh, at Texas Stadium uh, during the Texas high school playoffs.
1: That's, that's a, such a cool game to, to when claim to he, be when a, he uh,
0: when he played for Palestine, and I I know for the first quarter he didn't get touched.
1: There's probably no exaggeration. He didn't there. get he no. He didn't get touched. Didn't get touched. No, um, I believe it.
0: So, Deion Sanders, Adrian Peterson, and my third one is uh, a little-known wide receiver from uh, TCU. His name is Jason Tucker. Again, I was That's Chris's brother. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Of course. Um, He was... uh, Never heard of this guy. No, he was a wide receiver for TCU. I was a big TCU fan. I watched him all through uh, college, and then he actually got picked up by the Cowboys in like 99, 2000-ish, and he actually made it into a couple games, and he had one game where he had a lot of yards. So, I actually went out and like scooped up as many rookie cards as I could, <laughs> thinking this is a and prime because for investment. Because me, for me, it was cool because my favorite college had a player that I watched playing for On my favorite Cowboys. team. Right. And so it was really cool. Um, but you're like,
1: you know what? Michael Irvin just broke his neck when did new number one.
0: So, I think I don't think he ever played in a game uh, after that, guy. but his name is Jason Tucker. Um, actually,
1: hey, he's getting his second, like, Hall of Fame, or anything. his
0: Wikipedia is going to blow up because of this mention on the podcast. Um, You're welcome. My fourth one, and it's a local one for me. Uh, it's one of my classmates, somebody I graduated with. His name is Casey Fitzgerald. He went to UNT, and he actually holds he holds one, two, three, four. UNT records for receiving. Um, He holds a single season receptions record at 113. He holds uh, the single season receiving yards record at 1322. He holds a single game receiving records at 327 yards. And then he holds a single game touchdown records at five touchdowns. And then he's third all time uh, for 12 touchdowns in a season. He's, Fifth all time for single season yards at uh, first and fifth. Um, he's fourth all time for career yards at twenty five thirty three, uh, and then he in a single game he's second all time in receptions at eighteen, and he's also tied for fourth four three different times with fourteen receptions each, and then he's ninth all time uh, on, in single game with thirteen. So you had game he had in one. 2007 he had 13 receptions against navy and in 20 uh 2008 he had 14 receptions against louisiana lafayette and troy and then in 2007 he had 14 receptions against louisiana lafayette and then 18 receptions in 2007
1: <laughs> against smu that's awesome you said he went to our school
0: he went to red oak he graduated with me that's awesome i went to junior high and high did school did he get
1: him. like undrafted free agent did he get drafted or anything
0: no he never went anywhere i don't believe um it's a he,
1: fucking great career though.
0: He's just and he was one of those guys that you would never um you would just never know uh you know that he was a good football player, a good athlete. I mean, he
1: holds school records. Those are like A B numbers, like season records, like 113 catches, <laughs> yeah. thirteen hundred something yards. Yeah,
0: for uh for a single season. And he was just a really nice guy. He was always really nice to me. Um he was a great basketball player, obviously a great football player. Um
1: yeah, you're right. I would have never guessed those last two. But yeah, he uh,
0: he went to Red Oak, uh, got his wiki Wikipedia pulled up right here. But uh, oh, dude, he's got a Wikipedia page. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, and and then I'll show you uh, after we're done the little all the records he holds. But uh, no, super good dude, Casey Fitzgerald. Shout out. He went to Unt. I think he's coaching football in Wiley or something like that. I think he's a wide receivers coach or offensive coach in high school now.
1: So they can call him Coach Casey, and he's cool with that. I don't know about that. I'm sure he is. He seems cool, uh,
0: but yeah. So that was our Mount Rushmore um, of our favorite college football. That was a fun one. That was a good idea.
1: Yeah, I, I, I had literally had a page here. I had to like mark some out. And, like like I told you, buddy, you're, you're
0: a damn idea machine this week. Um, all right, so uh, time for pick your poison.
1: Uh, is it my turn?
0: Your turn. Okay.
1: That's a flame right here. But. Would you rather have hands that keep growing as you got older or feet that kept growing as you got older?
0: Oh, man. Hands. Well, you'd be like 65 years old, like banana hands. Exactly.
1: Like. I'm just slapping the shit out of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. Get out of my way. From five feet away. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm clearing every walkway. I'm just waving my hands uh, around. Yeah, I'll take Because then you're going to have to too. wear clown shoes. People are be like, look at this fucking guy with his hands. Like yeah, no one's gonna fuck with me.
0: <laughs> you want to catch these hands? Yeah, you want to stand over five <laughs> feet backwards and get punched
1: from here with these yeah, hands? Dude. All right, I like that. I like. I'm that. growing like these that. hands out as right. long as I can. I like that. Um,
0: okay, so with that, let's move on to Big Brother talk. Oh man, okay, We've been waiting on this. Okay, guys. So, so I I told you all a couple weeks ago that I was gonna watch the current season of Big Brother, Andrew, uh, last summer. Or last year, got his sixty seconds on Big Brother. Always teased him about
1: it. Like, okay, yeah, let's hurry up. He kind of gave you some shit for it.
0: It's my time for a little break while he talks about his little Big Brother show. Let me tell you, <laughs> he has created a monster. I told you, man. I am so into this. I am so into this that I am paying currently now paying four ninety nine a month for Paramount Plus so I can go back and watch. All the seasons of Big Brother.
1: Yeah, I could tell you're into it because you're like, I just started season twelve, and then like a couple of days later, you're like, I just started season one. Like, you blew past twelve. And I mean, there's a lot of episodes in these because they air 30. three
0: times a week. I think thirty-ish. So yeah, I finished. I watched season twelve because I just picked a random one that was like not too. You picked a great one too, by the way. It was, that was so good, good. That was dude. a good season. Was that was so a good season good. to get you into it. It was like not so old to where it was kind of I wouldn't get in, get into no, it. That was
1: like two thousand nine or ten. Two thousand eight. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's really 2000, maybe
0: 2010 uh, but uh, no it was great I would be texting Andrew like randomly like I can't believe so and so did <laughs> yeah now this. I'm trying
1: to remember like well that was 10 years ago let me think about it
0: so yeah so uh, I finished season 12 and then I was like alright I'm gonna go back and watch season 1 couldn't do it. Season one just seems completely really weird. different game.
1: do you know who won though?
0: Uh, yeah, the guy with the one leg. Guy with one leg. Guy with the one. Um, I'll Mike never forget or something
1: because like my parents would watch that from the beginning, and then I'm uh, I'm in the room with them, and then like I see this guy and crushes coming out, and like they're like, yeah, that guy just won.
0: So he he was from like Jersey or New York or something, but he actually was going to UTA on a scholarship for wheelchair basketball. Oh,
1: that's
0: cool. Kind of. cool. Kind of cool, but then I started reading about the history of it, and this Big Brother was actually adapted from a uh, a Dutch. It was originally a Dutch show, and then it went to Germany and Spain and a couple other countries. Well, you get
1: you get the origin of the name, right? It's like the George Orwell. Yes, Big Brothers always watching. That's why there's always cameras and microphones, and they're just they just put you in there. They don't tell you what to do. You just kind of make the game up yourself. And what it came in is like lying, deceiving. Talking of scheming not, behind their back. That's backs. not what
0: season one was. Season one was 70 episodes long. Yeah, that's crazy. Because they broadcasted it five days a week back then and it was nothing. It resembled nothing of what today's game is. You,
1: yeah, you said it took like 12 episodes to evict somebody. To evict somebody. Is, that's a, irritating. I could see why season one was probably a failure and then they kind of the, shaped uh, it up we need to, going forward. Yeah,
0: so. It was much more of a social experiment and yeah. not a game.
1: That's what they've always said, and to an extent, that's how it is. But season one, and, just and like there, was out no, of hand.
0: there was no, there was no power, like power advantages or anything like that. That makes no sense. So I started season two, and this is where you're starting to see the game take shape. Yeah. Even though they don't, they have head to ha- head a household. They don't have power to veto. Um, they do have challenges, but it's like um, it's like luxury challenges. So instead of eating slop they get they have to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all week and then so if you, if you win luxury then you get groceries and all all that you get and they, yeah, that's
1: something they've stopped doing recently. yeah even a couple of years ago it could be like slop but you could fans could vote in like you know they have to eat season 12 liver season 12 it beans. was like
0: one week it was like broccoli and uh, like baby food.
1: Yeah, it's always something weird. But you could vote in, and be like, "Oh, that's nasty. I'm gonna vote for that." Yeah, but yeah, it was really good with fan interaction. That's when like texting was really blowing up, uh-huh. so you could you know get on there and always vote. Yeah, so I'm I would mean yeah. I'm
0: watching season two in between, you know, episodes of the get current. Enough. I can't get enough, dude. I can't we'll get talk enough. Talk
1: about the current season. What's going on? Okay, there? so
0: current season, um, Frenchie
1: is the absolute fucking wild card. He's such a terrible okay, player. So
0: I feel like if Frenchie wouldn't have gone so fucking ape shit in the first week, he probably would have been okay. He was,
1: he was the mad King. He had, like I always told you like, it's good. To, I think it's a great thing to be uh, HOH in week one. Lots of people are like, I don't want a target on my back. I'm just going to lay low. But if you get that first HOH, everyone comes to you. Everyone wants to make a deal with you and you get to like pick and choose who you want to work with. Well, and you I- could say like, Matt, you know, like I'll keep you safe. You're going to keep me safe next week. You can make little deals like that. He promised so many people safety. You know, he's like, I'm going to target only meatheads. All the girls are safe. He had like those four, guy, three other guys up top with him when they first started. He's like, no matter what, if I win, y'all are all he safe. He made too
0: many promises. They made to, too many to
1: everybody. And, and he judged people too quickly before he got to know him. Like Brent, he's like, oh, he's a meathead. He's an idiot. I don't like him. Brown's a solid dude. Turns out Brent's a good guy. Yeah. And he's talking. He's like, oh, man, now I can't put up Brent. I'm going to go after, you know.
0: And then he tried to make an all-girls alliance.
1: Yeah, and they're like, how how are you starting an all-girl alliance? <laughs> yeah. Frenchie, a farmer from Tennessee, a man, wants to come and tell us girls. And after he promised all the girls safety, he puts up a girl. So it's mm-hmm. like he betrayed half the house because half the house are women. He betrayed Travis because he promised Travis safety. Um, I mean, There's just more people. He made two final two deals, which you don't do. You can make one, like like you said on season 12 that you were watching. Those guys made like a deal like day two, and they stuck to it. So tell me if my – kind of what I gathered is
0: wrong. So – and I just have one season of reference. So it seems like either you need to to power broker a deal day one and stick to your core, or you need to be a floater and kind of lay low until mid-game and then – pick and choose kind of who you want to attach yourself to. And if you, yeah. if you can get, you know, into those alliances. Well, and
1: you can see it like divides into clicks. So, like, all the big muscular guys or all the pretty girls, they kind of gravitate towards each other. Like, no offense, but we'd kind of be like floaters at one point. Because at game one, like day one, they're going to see, like, oh, that guy's a meathead, meathead, meathead. And they're going to form an alliance. And lots of times that works out. I think it's cool if you make a ride or die final two deal early on if you're that good of a judge of a character. The only thing with being a floater is, like, people could say, like, he's not even playing the game. And most people can be like, well, he's laying back and he's keeping a target off of him. But lots of people can perceive it as he's not even trying and they try to get him out. So there's just so much that goes into it, man. Like, that's what I try to tell you. Like, every episode, there's always something going on that's going to play out down the road. They'll do all these recaps and shit at one point.
0: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I think Frenchy, he just – he went too hard. Well, man. yeah,
1: like I said, he was going to target Christian, but he, uh, Christian won a wild card competition. So then he's like, oh, man, I can't put up Christian. My plan's falling apart. So then he thinks Christian's flirting with this Alyssa girl, and he's like, the only thing I hate worse, more than a meathead is a showman. So then he puts up Alyssa after promising all the girls' safety.
0: Even though, like, yeah, they were...
1: They were like... <laughs> Friendly, they, flirty. They,
0: they were making a connection. They it, were in the in the, and it was like they. She's process. like,
1: and you know, I tried. I told we and Claire talked about this. Like it's day like three, you can be like a little flirty, but it's like there's no showmances on day three because after like forty days in there, when you get to know somebody, like it is almost natural to gravitate and be like, you know, I've I've been in the same house with this person for a month and a half, and I really like them. There's people who went on Big Brother and are married now afterwards. Like, their showmances is actually turned yeah, like out. Yeah, Rachel. Rachel, I can't Jordan, and Jeff. Them.
0: Don't. It's really don't, just Rachel. Rachel's re- pretty annoying. Don't reveal any more to me because I – Oh, yeah, she, she's smart. <laughs> she's very smart. <laughs> oh She's yeah. a good player.
1: Uh, Jordan and Jeff are married. There's an older couple from, like, one of the early seasons. But, but that's what Alyssa was. She was like, it's day, like, three. Like, I'm not – You know, trying to get with him. And you could tell Christian was kind of like, oh, we're just friends? (laughs) Like, just broke his little heart. And she's like, you know, I'm not trying. And he's like, and then Frankie's like, oh, man, I messed up again. I thought they were a This is the worst week. He just kept everything. was, oh, man, I just screwed up. And it's like, yeah, because you rush to judgment. Every time something happens, he just immediately goes, like, flips the script, 180, blows the shit up. So then... Uh, who is he getting? He gets out Travis, who seems like the nicest guy. He was a UT graduate. Um he sold his little startup company, tech company, and moved to Hawaii. And all he does is like surf and drink pina coladas. Bro down. Yeah, bro down. Total bro move. So he's the most laid-back guy, but he's the muscular guy, you know? So he's like, I gotta get out this meathead. He's not a meathead. He's just he's the nice guy that happens to be fit. So he gets out Travis, which after he promised Travis safety, so everyone's like Travis blew that game up. He told me, you know, like, I was promised safety by this guy. He backstabbed me. He did it to all these girls. So everyone's like, Frenchie's just a wild card, dude. You can't trust him.
0: And Frenchie's only hope was to try to win power of veto.
1: Yeah, so then Kylan wins Mm -hmm. HOH. Of course everyone knows. So Frenchie's in there with Kylan trying to talk to him, trying to, like, get word, like, so what are you going to tell me? And Frenchie's like, or Kylan's like, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and I don't feel, because he's right. He's like, I don't have to tell you anything. Just because you asked me a question, I don't have to answer it. And and he's like red flag, red flag, red flag. So he goes in there. He formed an alliance called the Slaughterhouse, and, and after immediately he formed, blew it up. He goes, afterwards. "Fuck the Slaughterhouse, I'm out." And which, he said that in front of everybody, which is a dick move because now you just told the people who weren't a part of it that, that there was these an alliance. People are in the alliance too. And
0: your only shot, in my opinion, <sighs> is to try to get the Slaughterhouse to garner. You votes have numbers, you.
1: yeah. You had the numbers, yeah. So he had the numbers from the from the Slaughterhouse and this quote-unquote, all-girl alliance. That's how he said, I'm going to cover my ass both ways. But once Cause. Kylan wouldn't tell him the plan, he just thought the whole house was turning. He goes, y'all didn't think I'd figure that out? And then he goes and talks to we <laughs> are uh, like, what? Yeah, and they're going, what are you talking about? Because that's what you say. You're like, what do you mean? Like, Because they don't want to blow up their game. And then he goes to, um, what's the girl? tip?" No. What's the girl my, from Portland? My, my girl. Crush? Uh, Whitney. Tiffany. Whitney. Then he goes into there Whitney, and he's like, there's snakes in the grass, and I need a big lawnmower. He's got all these stupid analogies, and she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I figured it all out. This whole house turned against me, and I'm, you know, like, y'all are going to get me out. I'm going to blow up this whole game. And everyone's like, what the fuck? And that's why they're like, he's such, that's why I told Claire, like, you can't keep him in, because if he wins HOH next week, he's going to ruin it. He's going to burn the house down. So... He was just so weird. Every, he didn't think he would react to he was such an impulsive reactor, which you can't be in big brother. If someone tells you something, Especially you go, early on. you go, Oh really? And you kind of let it soak in and you don't show emotion. It's like playing poker for 90 straight days. You, know, and you can't show emotion. your wheels can turn in here. Oh yeah. But you can't, he would just blow up and be like, what? Oh, well, fuck y'all. I'm going to go blow up everyone. I really game. think
0: Kylan played his <laughs> HOH very oh, well. He
1: did. And like he said, like he said how that'll look good on his resume mm-hmm. because you know, it goes to a jury. Yep. Jury's vote they're gonna go. Kylan played, you know, week two. He got out Frenchie. That did everyone a favor. And he put up Frenchie's teammate because we're still in teams. That was Frenchie's one of Frenchie's allies. So he he played it perfectly, dude. Yep. And then Derek X won his back won two vetoes back to back. He told Kylan, like, I'm gonna keep on the same so we get Frenchie out. So they did. They got Frenchie out. (laughs) Frenchie, even on his way out, he's like, you know, they had to get me. I was such a good player. They just had to get me out, and it's like, no, no you you're aren't. you're the worst player I've ever seen, and you're a total wild
0: card. It's crazy how quick it could change, because like after week one, we're like, damn, he won H O
1: H. Everyone then, seemed to like him too. Yeah,
0: and then he won uh, the, another challenge.
1: Right after that, he won two challenges, didn't and he? And he looked like a heavy hitter, and yeah. it looked like he had the kind of personality that people would like. He seemed like mm-hmm. a down to earth, yeah. easy going guy. But then it's like, but once it's that early, like I said, you have to lie. You don't lie on like day three. You build everyone's trust, make it seem like you're Mr. Reliable, and then you backstab them all. That's how you play Big Brother. Seems like you, you need can't to, you, you
0: can't betray the whole house in week to, one. You need to bounce around from person to person or group to
1: group and get everybody. That's why it's kind of like like you, know, you said. It's like politics. Yeah, you just Every, you need you have to, to like everyone with like you, everyone trusts you, and then at the end, it's like no, this is my plan all along. Fuck y'all, I'm gonna win.
0: You got to shake hands and kiss babies, and you know, mm-hmm. and then you've got to have a long game in in mind. And then slowly just start to execute That's what it and it, pick
1: off. Exactly. And if you watch later on seasons, there'll be guys where you're like, I had no idea this guy was going to win or this lady was going to win. Mainly, mainly guys. There's only been like two or three women that I've ever won. So I would love to see like one of these females win it just because it's a rare. I want to see
0: Whitney win it because I don't want her to leave. You she wanted to stay so till the fine, final dude. day. She is. And you were telling me this is one of the first seasons where you don't really have a crush.
1: Not really, man. I mean, there's like, you know, pretty people. They always get like handsome Men yeah. and women, yeah. but it's like I don't know. Kind of like I go for like the edgy, different girl.
0: Yeah, kind of like uh, Kristen from season twelve, the one that was hooking up with Hayden. Do you remember, dude? that was ten plus years I ago. Know, okay, I'll just get a picture. I got to watch more current seasons before I can. Ask I remember you Hayden you remember had stuff. a great head of hair though. He's yeah,
1: flipping that hair. Yeah, I liked Lane that year because it wasn't he like an oil man from Texas. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember liking Lane, but Hayden played that great, dude, in season twelve. He really did. He was the head of the brigade. Enzo and Lane. Enzo, I think Lane was his ride or die. Enzo was like the third wheel. Enzo
0: thought Enzo thought he was the head, but yeah. really Hayden.
1: <laughs> and, you know, Enzo. But Hayden was a great player, dude. You was, have to give him all the credit. He was great. He no, played it perfectly. He he's. I said he's probably on the Mount Rushmore.
0: I didn't like Enzo because he just coasted. He knew he didn't have to win challenges. Because he had power. He, had, he, he had, had protection numbers. with those guys. He had yeah. numbers. Everybody liked him. But see,
1: that's what—that's why you won't win as a floater. You have to build that resume. Like right now, the two best resumes are Kylan for getting out Frenchie and Derek X for winning the first yeah. two vetoes. Yeah. If they keep that up, they're going to be like, first of all, they're going to have a target, and they'll be like, maybe we should get these guys out. But if they were able to make it through, when you make it that far, you'd be like, look at everything they've done. Yeah. And the fact that they have did all that and made it that far – even more respect because they're like, they had a target on their back from week one, but they somehow made it, you know, to the final four right. or final three. Right. And it's like, you got to respect that. So that's where like building resume long game, you got to think like, I mean, people are already thinking 20 moves ahead. That's how big brother is. You have to think ahead. You always have to be thinking like, who can you get? Who can you sway? You know, who would vote with you? And how, you got to think weeks ahead, dude. That's what yep. I love about it. Yep. It's nah, all man. a game.
0: Dude, all I do And I pray nobody at work listens to this. (laughs) I know. I just have Big Brother on my phone, and I'm, you know, on my computer. Keyboard. You know, just doing my work. And if something crazy happens, I kind of look down. And dude, I'm eat up. It's addictive, man. man, I told you. I love it. So, uh, what do we got coming up on
1: Sunday? Is it? um, It's a uh, nominations. Nominations. Because Xavier won. It was a quick. Like I said, sometimes they'll do like quick hohs, like true false questions, because they just want to bust out and see who wins. Uh, you see seen endurance comps, so they'll just be like, you know, and we'll find out Sunday. Yeah. Because it's a set schedule. Um, Starts Wednesday is the HOH. Thursday, no, I said that all wrong. Thursday, we'll start with Sunday.
0: Sunday's elimination.
1: S- no, Thursday is live at eliminations oh, on, on Thursday. Thursday. We usually find out the HOH. If not, you have to wait till Sunday. Wednesday is, um, Sunday is also nominations, so Wednesday's power veto and then nominations. It's the same schedule. You know, it's always HOH. Veto, eviction. Yep, those okay. are the three simple steps they follow. But then they'll fill in all that time with like, because they're recording twenty four seven. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. They do a great job to edit, and they show the politicking that goes yeah, on. Yeah, they want to show all the gameplay,
0: and they show the little clicks that are happening and forming, and yeah. the little which is important romances. because you have to
1: see like who's siding with who, because you'll know who they're going to vote, and and you'll grow to love the competitions, man. Whoever oh, comes I love up the with all of them is a genius because hey. they're. They'll only do a couple of the same competitions every year. Other than that, they're all new yeah. competitions every year. Season and two. and it never gets old. Like they always come up with such cool stuff. Season two is pretty lame. Um,
0: they've I'm only like like I said like two evictions in, but they're not very creative back
1: then. And see, I don't I don't like the cast now because of social media. So all these people are like influencers basically yeah. that go on there, which. I fucking hate social media influencers. So
0: do you have predictions for who Xavier, the new HOH, might put up? Oh,
1: shit. Uh, they were talking Brent and your girl. I know. So it would make sense because they kind of saw them as a, a showmance.
0: Yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I see
1: that. I don't think there's any real showmances right now. I think, like Brent said, he's a flirt, and he's going to flirt with... Whoever he thinks. ...Whitney because she's, you know, she's pretty. He's not going to flirt with... I don't know. Brittany. I mean, they're all kind of Danny pretty. DeVito. <laughs> Dude, that's who I see now. Is I, Danny I
0: hate you for saying that. Cause as soon as I, I was just like, man, that is the fucking penguin, right? <laughs> I,
1: know. I, I, but you know what? I kind of don't like Brittany after this week. Like she was so emotional after Dude, she got so nominated emotional. with Frenchie. And I was saying, you're obviously not the target. No, no one's going to vote you out, but she made it seem like this whole house is against me. Fuck all y'all. I'm going to win this. And of course they don't win. They just get all heated, but it's like, you're up against the guy that literally betrayed the whole house. What do you think Frenchie's going to pull the off the greatest comeback yeah. in Big Brother history? And you know what? I got to give him credit. Me and Claire talked about this. He really did campaign a lot because when you're on the block, yeah, only, got... and you lost the veto, all you can do is campaign. Yeah. He went to everybody. He pled his case. He made it seem like by keeping me in, I'm the target. You know, they're going to vote me up before they vote you out. So keeping me over Brittany makes sense. So I was like, you know, I respect Frenchie for doing that. Some people just he lay fought. down and die. Some people just mope around. He fought. He fought, and you didn't see Britney campaign, and he got he got his one vote from Derek from Big D. Yeah, his ride or die. That yeah, was well one of his ride or he had two final yeah. two deals, but I think I think Derek was his true ride or die.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's Big Brother talk. Uh, do you want to carry us through how we're gonna do movies uh, going forward?
1: What about our? Uh, Did I miss something? Fuck Mary and kill. Ooh. who you fucking who you marrying and ooh, who you killing ooh, okay hold you got pull up on. the cast let me, let me pull up well I know it. who you're the question is are you just fucking Whitney or are you gonna marry I'm gonna marry you so I'm gonna, gonna, gonna marry her, her and fuck her <laughs> duh exactly that's duh. a clown question right there
0: clown question bro <laughs>
1: uh, alright so uh, hold on uh, you gotta pull up the cast uh, yeah alright All you want me to go first
0: yeah what are they season 23
1: yeah season 23 cast season 23 I put on cast. here cast I'm gonna fuck Hannah. Hannah, she's the dancer who's like mulatto skinned. I think her dad's like yeah. she's Dan and her mom's like yeah. from India or something. Yeah. They, she, she probably gets the least camera time of anyone on the show right now. I see Hannah right now. Yep, Gotcha. But that's that's what, what I went with because I couldn't take her? your girl. I couldn't take a girl from you, man. Okay, thank. I appreciate I, that. I couldn't touch her. She's yours. I appreciate All right, that. So who
0: you? Who am I fucking? Intercoursing? Yeah. Frenchie. Uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you Alyssa... fucking You really didn't. Uh, you prepare know what? For this one. You know what? What? I'm gonna fuck Claire. I'm gonna climb that tree. I think she's like six one
1: or six two. Yeah, she said she was six foot. I'm
0: gonna climb that tree. I just
1: don't like her because she's a replacement for another contestant, and she's a big Survivor fan. Because I'm on that Big Brother Reddit page, and they posted all these images of her of. Like, in all her survivor gear. And she's like, yeah, i got my watch party coming. I think she just wanted to be on TV. No, I take that back. I'm going to fuck uh, Sarah Beth. Oh, okay. The scene she's like a closet freak. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm looking at her right
1: now. She's definitely a closet she's, freak. She's looking right back at you. Yeah, look at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, who, who am I going to marry? Who are you going to marry? I put two on here because I couldn't decide because I'm such a ladies. <laughs> like okay. I want to give everybody a chance. You're going to get your pick. <laughs> I put Alyssa because she's probably the prettiest one on there. Let's be honest. But I also put Tiffany. The 40 okay. year old mm-hmm. single mother black lady yep. with her own business because she'll probably take good care of me. Yeah, She'll bring home the money. What is it? Uh, what's it called? Where you're like a blood doctor, whatever that is. That's what a phlebotomist. She does. She's a phlebotomist, which sounds very fancy, fancy. and worth money. And I don't know, man. She seems really cool. Like, she probably seems like the coolest lady there. So, you know what? I'm going to marry Tiffany. Okay. I'm going to dip my toe in that chocolate. All right. I'm going to marry Whitney. (laughs) It's a no-brainer. No-brainer. I think Are we going to kill the same guy. I'm killing a guy. You're killing a guy? Out of context, I should say I'm going to fictionally kill this person in this scenario.
0: Okay. Who are you killing? I'm killing Christian. I can't stand that guy.
1: He always his cultural appropriation with his braids, and then he puts yeah. it up in little what are they called, like Princess Leia buns yeah, or something. I
0: didn't like that. He just seems like such a
1: douchebag. Like if like I saw that. that guy at a party, I would just like sit behind. A, I would hold my beer up to my lips and talk so much shit behind my breath to him because <laughs> that's how petty I am. I'm not a right, fucking tool over here.
0: I I figured it out. Uh He's already eliminated. I'm gonna kill Travis because. Travis you, is the nicest dude, guy. Dude, you should not. It should be illegal to be that fucking pretty, that successful, and that like just. Dang, how going to
1: spike kill this guy? I'm gonna
0: hate. <laughs> I'm gonna hate. Fuck. I'm gonna hate. Kill him. Jesus. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to look at that. Look oh, at yeah. that fucking beefcake.
1: Oh yeah, he's an absolute beefcake.
0: You should not be able to be that. Oh, you can either be good looking and, or or smart. You can't be both. Yeah, he's can't like a,
1: be a UT graduate, sold his company for probably millions and retired to you, Hawaii. You can't. You know what? I'm going to marry Travis. You ain't touching my man. That guy's got money. He's living on the beach. I changed my vote. I'm going to marry Travis. So you my cannot, guy's protected. You cannot be Don't that you pretty touch my and man. that smart. It's you just can't not if you're fair my man.
0: to regular fucking ogres like me. I look like fucking Shrek. And I have proof.
1: <laughs> I have proof. Too. I have proof that I, I look like respect. Shrek. Dude, one day we're, that should be the t shirt <laughs> <laughs> with my like Shrek ears. Holy and, shit. And the font. I would buy that shirt four different times, man. Just to like have backups, oh, <laughs> that's my a God. new shirt. Okay, so, um, yeah, right. fucking Hannah marrying Travis. Okay, and I'm killing Christian. All
0: right, uh, we're gonna take a short break and we will be right back. Cut, cut, cut. And we're back, um, so yeah, no movie this week, uh, but we are, um, going to the new format going forward is we're going to each draw a movie out of a hat, cup, jar, whatever we got. Uh, and um, we are going to put that up on our Instagram so you guys can get involved and watch the movie with us. Um, and we're going to do that every week going forward. Um, so we're going to let y'all vote on it, too. We're right? going to let y'all vote yeah. and decide what you want us to watch. if it's
1: tie, we'll break the tie. But yeah. just just to have it out there so, you know, somebody might want to watch you get Little Giants with us. with us the week we watch Little Giants. Okay.
0: All right. i uh, right. I'm gonna You draw first. I'll draw
1: first. And like I said, they're both going to go up. So first one, Angels in the Outfit. Oh, nice.
0: Mine is, let's see. You had to use sticky notes.
1: Well, I had to make sure it was closed.
0: The Austin Powers trilogy.
1: Okay, well we could start with one, obviously. But. Okay,
0: Austin Powers or Angels in the Outfield. I will put that up on the Instagram on our Instagram. Yeah, put Austin
1: Powers one, obviously. And then, I don't and, even know if you want to do gold member. That's not so.
0: And uh, you guys vote or drop in the comments what you would want us to watch, and uh, <laughs> we'll pick a winner. And if we don't have any. Listener involvement. We'll just pick. <laughs> we'll, one. Ask,
1: we'll, we'll ask our wives what they think. Yeah,
0: we'll, pick, we'll uh, flip a coin or something. All right, so that's how we're gonna do movie talk going
1: uh, going forward. And if anyone has suggestions, we'll put it in this coffee mug. So yeah, drop like, it. Drop yeah, just, a Line. I guess to Matt because he runs the Instagram page. Yeah,
0: or you can if you, you got our numbers, text us and say hey. What yeah, about this I would, movie? I would
1: love to have a new friend. So if you got my number, <laughs> he's getting tired of me. Or, or if, if you need mine, just ask Matt. Yeah, he's
0: getting tired of me. Um, all right, so let's move on to sports. Uh, Cowboys landed in Oxnard. Oh, man, what I
1: forgot, what I had that adorable audio of Ellie to introduce her to Big Brother.
0: Uh, you want to
1: play it? I kind of do. You're gonna have to talk for a minute though, because I can okay. find it.
0: So the uh the Cowboys have landed in Oxnard. Um, training camp has begun. We got to we're a couple practices in. It's a big one. Um. That's what she said. <laughs> okay.
1: Going forward, this is how we're going to introduce our Big Brother segment. Everybody, I'm ready to
0: talk about Big Brother?
1: Aww. So adorable.
0: And next time I'll have you uh, hook up your phone via Bluetooth, and that way I can
1: just... Oh, that works better? Yep. Yeah, I don't know this. Yep. all this technology. No worries. But we were sitting on the couch for, the, for kind of the context. Like, we were waiting to watch our show, and Claire was doing something for work. And I'm just sitting there with Ellie waiting. And she's like, Hey guys, are you ready to watch big brother? And I was like, Holy fucking shit. And Say that again. Like, I am so proud of you for your initiative to watch big brother. And I was like, I was like, Hey, I was like, get your phone out. Right. I was like, we're <laughs> going to record this and we're going to play it on the podcast. So we need to like save that audio clip. So then when it's time, we'll just hit that button yeah. and you can hear that sweet, adorable child introduce our big yep. brother segment. But anyways, I, I totally forgot that. And I was so proud of her. I was like, if you ask to watch a Cowboy game later on, I'm like, I'm just going to explode. Like, those are the two things <laughs> I mean, that I faint. love to watch the most. Big Brother and Cowboy games. Uh, yeah, that was Okay, adorable. but so we had Cowboys uh, report. Yep. As Matt um, was saying.
0: A couple practices in. Um, I heard the
1: defense is looking good, man. I heard it's our year.
0: Mm, <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, uh, they say the cornerbacks are competing.
1: Um, I heard Nation Wright like just keeps Surprising.
0: Boss Man Fat has also shown up and has turned some heads. And if you don't know, that's um, Kelvin Joseph, Kelvin Joseph, uh, our second-round pick. Um, but Dak, if anybody has any worries about Dak, uh, you can put him aside because everything I've seen, everything I've read, everything I've listened to, he's back. Um, there was an exchange between him and Trayvon Diggs, where uh, Dak threw kind of like a sideline out, like a deep kind of fade out to the sideline, and Trayvon Diggs ended up picking it off, but it was out of bounds. Oh, I heard that at press conference. He like,
1: d- if you'll review the film, you'll see how he was out of bounds. So they started
0: chirping, and they were like, Dak is on the edge. He, he's at that stage to where all the greats get, like Kobe or MJ or Man, Tom Brady, where they're right on the edge of being like, So confident it almost comes across as cocky and he's just fired up. He's talking shit to everybody. You know, a lot of people think Tom Brady's this nice guy, but if you ever heard any of his mic up. If you ever heard any of his mic'd up, like he is a mate, he will MF somebody all the way up and down the field.
1: And that's what I hate because when you'll see that on the sideline, they'll be like, look at Tom Brady. He's such a great leader, getting his team ready. And then Dez will be on the other side being like really kind of motivating guys, and they'll be like, look at this fucking diva Dez, like, trying to berate his teammates. Where it's polar opposites, where it's deads like, we got to get back in this game. We still got a chance, you know, let's just work together. And on the sideline, Tom Brady's just like, you sorry pieces of shit, you know, I got to carry you, blah, blah, blah. But he's a leader, and Dez is a diva. I
0: was more talking about, like, that competitiveness, talking, chirping to, like, the other team. Uh, Brady will cuss out a coach real quick. Yeah. Yeah, well, when you win five Super Bowls for an organization...
1: Grant you some leeway. Well, when you cheat to get them to, it kind of taints it a little bit. <laughs> but
0: uh, after that play where um, uh, Traylon Diggs picked him off, the next play it, they were chirping back and forth, and Dak was like, I'll bet you $1,000. That's
1: I'll, some Michael Jordan uh, shit right yeah. there. <laughs>
0: I'll bet you about, I'll put a uh, he's like, I'll put $1,000. I'm burning you on this next one. And then, sure enough, he burnt him on the next one. I love it. So, uh, standouts, uh, Michael Parsons is turning heads. They said he is – just a freak. He's all over the field. He's flying around. Mm-hmm. Uh, CD Lamb can see it. continues to impress. They said he's put on probably five to seven pounds um, of muscle. Just some kind of some body armor because a lot of his catches are over the middle.
1: Those kind oh, of yeah. gritty. He, he'd get lit up. He needs that. You know. He, so he's kind of bulked up. Um, and speaking of bulk, or. Er, Shredding down some weight, Zeke, looking Zeke good. looks
0: great. Yeah, I think he's down. He said he was down to like two sixteen to somewhere like his, in there.
1: Fr- his rookie year weight, you know, or, like somewhere you know, around
0: there. College junior weight, yeah, and junior college
1: weight. I've um, heard Tyron Smith still looked better than everyone without a shirt on, dude. Even though they said starting he, left tackle.
0: they said he looks like Zeus. What like the fuck? he he did a pre- press conference, or they got. He did a like a media scrum and he was shirtless and they said he just looks like
1: Zeus. Is he like, going to go down as maybe our second best offensive lineman in the history of the behind Larry Allen behind yeah, Larry yeah, Allen? For sure. Well, then for you got sure. Zach Martin right behind him. But yeah, Larry yeah. Allen and I would put Smith because he's been there longer. And then remember Eric, and because of tackles a more important. Remember position. Eric Williams back in the day. Eric Williams, I don't really remember him. I mean,
0: we had some great ones. Nate Newton, Mark Two
1: I mean, Andre Gerard before he got stepped on by Hainsworth. Yeah. He was a solid center.
0: Mark Colombo. Travis Frederick. I mean, we Ron
1: Leary. Yeah. I love the fact that we built like that we just built this line to start with and I think going forward if we have talk later like in the offseason, I think that's going to be our number one priority for the draft next year is retooling the offensive line. So, but, um, moving ahead
0: so it started off. I think it was on Wednesday with the, uh, I guess the the guys on the fan have dubbed it, uh, dubbed it the uh, State of the Star address. It's Jerry's opening press conference of the year, and this year it was a little weird. Jerry got emotional, yeah, uh, because
1: Jimmy going in that and right, that, good.
0: that and you know I think it's, I think he's kind of playing with or thinking about his own mortality and. He knows he's getting toward the end, and man, it's do or die, and I've got a clip here, and uh, he gets emotional. Um, it's actually pretty cool, so I'm gonna play it for you.
2: It's a beautiful world. It's a better world to be naive than to be uh, skeptical and be uh, negative all the time. I need it to be uh, promising, and I need us to uh, have a way to go that causes me to do stupid things or it causes me to do excessive things that sometimes really work I worry about what's happening out here around the uh, the economy the COVID and I worry about our place in it in the NFL and where the place is in sports I worry about that but the thing that means the most to me and I care about and I could probably be anywhere in the world I want to be right now I want to be here uh, With our team.
1: I Uh, believe him. You know, that... He really could be anywhere in the world. And I bet not all owners go to that first, you know, first day at training camp like that. Some owners may not go to training camp. Exactly. Like, say what you will about Jerry, he loves the Dallas Cowboys. He might love money more than winning at times, which I do believe. Because he hasn't brought in a real coach since Barcells. And before that was Jimmy. He's only had two legitimate coaches that'll kind of talk back to him. Everyone else has been yes men in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. But I really think that he loves this team and I think you're right about like reflecting on his morality or mortality. mortality. Yeah. He has mm-hmm. good morality too. But um yeah, I mean he just knows he's near the end of the line. And I, I don't know if there's audio later, but he said like I would give Anything in this world. Well, and he said it before. He's like,
0: you you would be astonished at the check I would write. Yeah, you know? I like think he wrote
1: something like that. Like I would like but any sum of money that, I would. write. That's
0: what's so infuriating. Like, yeah, we know you'd you'd uh, you, you'd pay the money, but you won't do the simple thing and rel- rel- relinquish the GM spot. That's something very easy you could do. Yeah, you could get out of the way and let a Will know, McClay. And I hate when people say you get a, he's not a football guy because. He won a national championship in college. That and then, but when you spend thirty plus years in industry, at what point do you? Yeah. If I, if I never, if I've never owned a restaurant, yeah, year one, you could say I'm not a restaurant but guy. Thirty years but later, thirty years in, you, you better believe doing. I'm a restaurant guy. Yeah. So I don't like the argument. Like Jerry's not a football. Jerry is a football guy.
1: Jerry, like I said, he played on the like the nineteen fifty something Arkansas national with football with Jimmy Johnson with. Jimmy fucking Johnson. So that just tells you, like, he has been a football guy his whole you life. You know,
0: Stephen played football in college, you know. and His kid.
1: Where, or no, his grandkid, John. John Stephen. He went to he's some at, major college. He's at Arkansas. Ar- that makes sense, yeah. He, he
0: won two or three state championships for Highland Park. He pl- he played in one of the that greatest. That
1: is a definite football family. <laughs> he played in
0: one of the greatest high school football games I've ever seen. John Stephen did. Led Highland Park to a last second touchdown in the 6A, the highest level of high school football we have here in Texas. Probably the
1: country then, honest. Uh, he it's, let him
0: last second play to win the game. I mean, I got goosebumps thinking about it. I mean, it was a great game. Then you get the shots of Stephen down there in tears, embracing John Stephen. Yeah, John Stevens in Arkansas. They're a football family.
1: It's a football family I hate, sure. I
0: hate the argument, well, Jerry's not a football guy. Well, at what point do you become one?
1: Well, he's in the... Pro Football Hall of Fame. I know it's not for being a player or a coach or even a GM. It's a contributor. But, but he's still look at the all Hall the innovations. innovations. Yeah, look at all the innovations He's still he in brought. the Hall of Fame. He's still won a national championship. Say what I you mean, want about took Jerry. Took his team to three Super Bowls. He cares.
0: We could be the Cincinnati Bengals. They don't even have a fucking indoor practice facility. Oh, he's
1: made this. I mean, he's took the brand and it skyrocketed. Yeah, and it
0: hadn't equated to wins or Super Bowls. But you know
1: what? I still love Jerry.
0: I love Jerry. It's gonna be a sad day when he goes. It really
1: is. Like it'll be like in the back of your mind, be like, "Well, now we can get a real GM." But well, at the same time, you'll be like, "I fucking love that guy."
0: Yeah, it, you know. Uh, but yeah, and then he, and then you know that was the emotional side of it. And then you know Jerry becomes Jerry, and Jerry knows how to play a crowd. He knows how to work a crowd. Oh, and he told it. Other. He told a story about when he hired Switzer on, and they brought Switzer in. And uh, Switzer walks in. He's like, hey, where's Jimmy? And Jerry's like, well, Jimmy's already gone. He's like, and Switcher's like, no, 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 where's Jimmy? Get him in here. And he's like, well, Jimmy's gone. And then Switzer's like... <clears throat> Of course, that's the wife, and then Jimmy's like, or Barry Switzer's like, I just wanted him in here too to ask you two how you two assholes fucked this up so bad. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> what a great line. Yeah, and he said he said the cuss words on
1: on, on the. Uh, on, uh, yeah, I heard it get edited on now. the on the press conference. So, you know, <laughs> he, he get him. Emo- He's right. How right is Switzer though? Like y'all fucked up back to back Super Bowls yeah. to bring me in.
0: Yeah. So you know he got emotional and it just kind of. Well, showing it's because he, he knows knows. sides. They could have
1: won four to five Super Bowls in the nineties.
0: Yeah, you know, and but that's just both sides of Jerry, you know?
1: Just being a stubborn, wanting all the credit. Um, took away a dynasty.
0: So, yeah, we, uh, well, why is my phone blowing up all of a sudden? Um, so, yeah, we kind of get both sides of Jerry there. Um, uh, and then some of the standouts, CeeDee Lamb, guys, do not worry about Dak Prescott. Everything I've watched on film, he's back. The ankle is a thing of the past. And, uh, Zeke seems like he's back. And, uh, Speaking of Zeke, Pretty I got a little l- offensive line. I got a little clip of him talking about him and Dak, which <laughs> made me laugh.
1: You know, I've been around Jerry Jones for a long time, covering Dallas Cowboy training camps, and I've never
0: seen him that emotional. But he says the man... wrong clip. Ah. here we go. Here we go. Oh, it means so much. You just look at uh, the injury he had last year, and how much work he put in to get back to where he is, and. Um, you know, it's inspirational just to see the work that he went and put in every day. And, Kid right there has never and, uh, missed a start, Jim. The dude's a, career. He's a beast. He's a machine. He's a hell of a leader. I remember going to see Dak in the hospital. He was out of it. But uh, <laughs> he was just like, feed me <laughs> when he saw me. And uh, that made me, you know, I was sad, but that made me feel good. Um, But there was never a doubt in my mind that he was going to bounce back from his injury. So that's a little funny story of him. Dak probably probably high as shit. Yeah, Yeah. all doped up. You just see, (laughs) probably just doing a slow hand, like feeding to his face. So, and you look right there, I saw you looking at the computer. I mean, Zeke looks, I haven't seen him look that trim. I mean
1: since his, since his Ohio State days when he would wear that, well, that cut off Even right?
0: that like his abs weren't that pronounced and there was a picture somebody took that he put up on his Instagram and he is cut. i am probably tired of people talking shit like me he because I really
1: thought, you know, I would at one point I would say he was the 10th best running back in the league. 10th oh. to 12th. And if he's back and more involved in this game like passing game, he's easily a You know, top five, top eight running back. Yeah.
0: um, At worst. So, stand out so far. Like, I I
1: would love to be wrong about all my Zeke takes from last year. But last year, I know he's running behind a big line, but he definitely didn't perform. Take a look at that. Oh, yeah. He's fucking shredded.
0: He's shredded, dude. Even when he was wearing, you know, the, the cutoff shirts and all that, his abs didn't look like that. So I think Zeke's back. I think Zeke is primed for a big year. I think we need Zeke to have a big year, mm-hmm. um, just to get just to pull that pressure. Because if you've got dual, if you've got two threats,
1: you got, you got three excellent wide receivers and a running back. I mean, they don't know where it's going. No, that's so, what you want to
0: do is that confusion. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the I think the talk got to him. I think he's matured. I think
1: well, and he got a lot of unfair criticism, especially for me. Like in hindsight, because I'll say when the quarterback's gone and the line's depleted, what do you? All expect? they got to do is stack the box and say, "Okay, Andy Dalton's got to beat us. Ben DiNucci not, beat ben us. Ben like, yeah, we're not gonna let Zeke beat us, so they just shut down Zeke. Like it make like as a defensive coordinator, it makes all the sense to just focus everything on him, so he only averages three point eight yards a carry. But that's because he was running through walls all year. Yeah. So to get Zeke back, to get the line back, to just spread it around now, and now you can just, you know, do a draw handoff where it looks like, you know, you're gonna shotgun draw, you know, hand off to Zeke they, up the middle for and, twenty. And yards. they
0: say his elusiveness, his uh shifty side to side is there, the power's there. I'm just there. glad
1: he took that direction because he could have got he got paid, he started to downgrade a little and he could have just been like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna keep doing my thing and make my money. But he really was like, No, this is my job, yeah, you know, I'm gonna earn that money. And I think So him coming back strong is I neat. think it's important because awesome. this is
0: and I could be wrong, somebody correct me, but this is the first off season where he hadn't been in trouble. At least something looming over him. Uh, over him. Yeah. You know, last year would have counted, but we had COVID, so that's a wash for everybody. I think he had a full off season. And I'm I'm expecting big things. I bet he
1: was motivated by Zach by Dak too. He's like, I'm yeah. gonna come back with look this. at his Because you know they come in the league together, which they're is best an friends. awesome fucking thing to happen. You know when Dak won that Rookie of the Year, Zeke went on stage with him. I don't think it was to be like a diva. I think he's like, this is my best friend in the league. This is my best friend. You know since I've really located the Dallas, like I think they just grown to be like just like you said, like well, they, best friends. They've grown up together. Yeah, I'm so saying in the mean... league together. They both got paid, so now they're like. Now that we got our money, let's go win this fucking championship. At least that's how I see it. You know, I'm yeah. not going to say like we're going to go out and win.
0: You know, we we say this every year. Every, <laughs> we always look great on paper. Um, I don't know, man. I really think this is our year. To to me, it it, it <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm worried about uh, I'm worried about the defensive line. I'm worried about the secondary, and I'm worried about Mike McCarthy. Uh,
1: Mike McCarthy. I think he should be on the hot seat right now. And if we don't win eleven games and make it to, I would love to make it to a conference championship. Because even that's been elusive for twenty five years. I don't think. I don't think you can just make the playoffs and then not make it far. And because honestly, and I know we sound like homers, the talent's there
0: on the offensive side. On the side, offensive side, it's but there. then
1: you spent eight fucking draft
0: picks. Yeah, but you can't expect. You can expect Michael Parsons. I can come expect
1: in. Parsons and Cox to be. Two good linebackers to pair with either L V E or Smith. I think I,
0: I think it's gonna be And
1: then I think the, the young corners. I think it's
0: gonna be L V E and Micah Parsons to start the year. Perfect. Uh I think you can bring in Jalen and let him run downhill, attack like the quarterback. The only
1: thing he can do is like a bull charge. That's fine. Yeah, that's all I'm he good can with do. It.
0: And let Jabril Cox come along slowly.
1: Oh yeah, I wouldn't put too much on a what was come, it, fifth rounder? Fourth. Fourth rounder. Come you can't along put slowly. that pressure on him. He can be a great special teams player for you.
0: You know, and uh, I just read that uh, we are going to make the Molly Cooker uh, signing official. Oh, I don't hell I, yeah. I don't know what he can bring, but you do have um Devonte KZ that came from Atlanta who's familiar with Dan Quinn. And I heard Keanu Neal's going to be Keanu Neal, a linebacker, linebacker. he's playing but well. But why
1: not play him all? Why not Swiss Army knife him and like uh, play him everywhere, especially be, when
0: he's familiar with Dan Quinn's schemes? And that may and that may be the case. Um, I
1: think he's going to be more uh, prevalent in this but I actually like our bargain bin shopping we've done. Keanu Neal, Malik Hooker and what's his K- KZ Devonte KZ. Devontae KZ like all three good he had players. A year. When he... they can reach their pinnacle or they can reach their their top of their game. That's three good signings that probably cost you pennies on the dollar. And and
0: going back to McCarthy and this is why I subscribe to the uh I'm a member of the church of um uh Brian Brodtis. He's got some special insight on uh, McCarthy because he did spend some years in Green Bay as a scout. He's still got several contacts up there, and the thing that worries me about <laughs> Mike McCarthy that Broadus touched on is that he really doesn't
1: have the work ethic. They always, they, they talk about that on the fans. He's not a John,
0: he's not a John Gruden. He's not a Sean McVay where they eat, sleep, breathe it. God, and wouldn't you
1: love it. that? I think that and like defensive line help and a safety is all we're missing. A legitimate uh, coach. Like a Dan Quinn. I wish the midseason they'd fire him, give Dan Quinn the job. He is, Dan Quinn is like putting his hand in the dirt, you know, and getting in guys' faces. Well,
0: I think Dan Quinn, I don't know if he's the answer. Here's my. Well, he's the in-house answer. Here's my ultimate. If it was
1: midseason, he's the in-house answer. Here's my ultimate cream dream. It's still Lincoln
0: Riley. It's Lincoln Riley.
1: Does he eat, sleep, and drink it? I think so. You think so? I mean, I, I got to get a, I gotta I it. I got to. I don't know. Sure. I'd have
0: to look at it. But he's got his team in the national college or in the in the college football playoffs every year.
1: Well, they kind of get an easy walk though. If he can do it in the SEC, well, that's going to be a few years from now. I was going to say he.
0: I I, I just think the that's the way of the NFL. You've got to let these young coaches get in.
1: And you know what? I don't even think you got to go for the big name. If there's um if there's an assistant coach for the Oakland Raiders that, like you said, eats, sleeps, and drinks it, or just anybody that I'm like, like the Sean McVay. Nobody knew who the fuck Sean McVay was. Turns out he's like a boy genius when it comes to offensive side and is always coming up with all this shit, and
0: Don't. now
1: that's who they want.
0: I, I want Lincoln and Riley. I mean, we've tried the old NFL retreads. We've tried...
1: Well, and, and you just look at his past record with McCarthy. He's like 6-15-1 and 15 and one in his last like 22 games or whatever. He just has a terrible track and he record. He got one Super Bowl out of out of Aaron one Rogers. of the, out of a generational quarterback, like one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. He got yep. one Super Bowl. And yep. did he get one appearance, or was it two Super Bowl appearances?
0: It may have been two appearances, but one Super Bowl for one sure. One Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. Imagine if 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 you know Belichick only got one, or um, Mahomes only got one. Like this shit ain't gonna happen when you're that good. Yeah. He just, he wasted that career, and he just. He lied to get this job, to be honest. He made it seem no, like he just he stayed up in a barn and he just didn't. studied football all year. He didn't. Um, yeah. I, I've never been a fan of the Mike McCarthy hire. So, yeah.
0: So, uh, Cowboys camp in full swing. Uh, one thing we mentioned a couple weeks ago, but uh, Hard Knocks is there. It's our third appearance. Uh, it's the, we You have, know when it starts? No, I don't. Um, I, I was could, gonna
1: say, man, we need to we need to have at least a couple episodes where we like watch it and then just kind of immediately break talk it down. About it. Yeah, yeah,
0: we have the most appearances in uh, Hard Knocks history with three. Um, uh, so they're there, you know. It's gonna be a circus. We've got the celebrities that always show up. Um, it's just I love training camp. Uh, this is the time of year where I'm usually glued to sports radio. Uh, all day, but, uh, with my recent, um, big brother obsession, I'm just watching big brother all day. Dude, you're
1: a monster.
0: Uh, yeah, you, you told me you created a, uh, you created I thought you monster. were bullshitting
1: me for a while cause you were so into it. And then you were like, I bought Paramount plus. <laughs> I did, man. Okay. He's real. I
0: did. Uh, I can't find a, f- but usually it's, um, it's going to take a
1: while to film. So they got some, some stuff to put on and they got to edit it. Usually, I bet it airs before this season starts. Though, right? Uh
0: The first episode of the new Hard Knock season will air Tuesday, August tenth, and the last five episode, the last of the five episodes, will uh, air September seventh. What I figured, two days be, before the Cowboys kick off their season.
1: It's going to be like a short, yeah. So it's because it's, it's training camp. They're not. Yeah. It's not all or nothing where they follow them throughout the year. Yeah. It's it's so a it's a five camp. episode deal.
0: Um so two, uh, August 10th that'll have the first couple weeks camp and the first uh the Hall of Fame game uh which which footage I me mean, neither uh what do you want to do what do you want to eat that night uh, i'm going to make some queso, make some for queso. Sure. um you want know, me to have Lauren just put together
1: charcuterie charcuterie board
0: so nice
1: I mean, I'm I'm good. I'm, I'll go pick up Little Caesars. I don't give a shit. All right. Gotta you gotta pick get... up
0: Little Caesars, I'll have Lauren do a little board, and I'll make some queso.
1: Perfect. Done.
0: Um, but, yeah, so uh, I just love every day hearing the reports. Um, uh, Marty Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence, Greg Zerline, and a couple other players are on the uh, pup list to start camp. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Which I'm not concerned. I mean, Cooper no. seems like he's always fighting an injury. I'll be concerned come uh come August or come September uh September 9th when uh you know he's not out there week one, but you know, take take your time. He's the number one receiver, he'll be ready, you know, come Tampa Bay. So uh that's Cowboys talk. Um let's get in. Um
1: When's basketball? Before or after this.
0: Go ahead. Let's let's talk about the uh
1: I couldn't be more happy to be wrong on my prediction. I picked Suns and six. To me, it all changed on that Giannis block in game four, if you remember seeing it, where he guarded Booker on the ball, going to the paint. Uh, Booker threw an alley-oop behind him to, to Aiton. So Giannis had to pivot on one foot, re- rotate 180 degrees, locate the ball, and block it. And I remember seeing that live and thinking, that might have been the greatest defensive play I've ever seen, especially when you're talking finals or any playoffs. But one of the greatest plays I've ever seen, I told you know everyone I could think of. I was like, that just changed the whole series right there. Like I think right now Bucks are going to win it. I didn't know it was going to be six or seven, but I was like, Bucks are going to win this, dude. That was a momentous change of events that just changed the whole series. Uh, next game, game five, you had late in the game again because all these games were pretty close. Late in the game, you had the uh, Drew Holiday strip the ball from from uh, Booker. They run the fast break, and he throws that alley-oop to Giannis. And then once he did that, Giannis was just – That was ballsy, I mean, because you throw that ball out of bounds. I oh, mean. yeah. he The way he caught it, he was his body was taking him past the goal. He had to catch it, like, leaning across his body to catch it and dunk it. But then he just flexed, and I was like, it is fucking over, man. That was, that was game five in Phoenix. And once they won that game in Phoenix, that was the first road game to win. So at that point, they won three straight, and I was like, yeah, it's fucking over, man. Like, I would bet my house on this. Game six, Giannis goes off for 50 points. He's 17 of 19 from the line. Everyone said that's his Achilles heel. He manages to have, you know, arguably one of the greatest finals games of all time. It was like 50 points, 14 rebounds, uh, five blocks, couple of assists, and I just wouldn't be denied. The team only scored like 100, 100 and, I can't remember, four points or some shit. He scored literally almost half the points, undeniable like finals MVP, one of the greatest finals performances I've ever seen in my life. Like I said, couldn't be more happy to be wrong. Cause once Giannis won and you saw his reaction to not only do it for the city that took a chance on him, but you know, for his whole family, he's all about family to do it for the whole country of Greece. And he's from Nigeria. So to immigrate from there, like he did it, you know, for all of them and, and what- in just the most humbling way. And the only thing I compare it to is when Dirk won the the NBA finals. Cause everyone loved to see Dirk win it. And o- Alexander Ovechkin I felt the same way when Ovechkin won. I'm like, I'm so happy he got one. He deserves it. He was a lot older than Giannis is, but just to see Giannis win. And then Chris Paul just like immediately left the court and walked off. And I'm like, what a bitch move. And now they're already saying like, Chris Paul's probably going to go to the Lakers because he's chasing a title. And, you know, and Giannis talked about that. He's like, I could have taken the easy way out. I could have gone to a super team or I could have done this. He's like, I'm not going to bring up names, but, you know, I could have taken the easy way out. He's like, I wanted to stay here and win it for the city. And I'm like, I'm so fucking happy. And his celebration
0: was cool. You know, a lot of guys, they immediately run for a camera. And he, it was very reminiscent of Dirk. You know, when Dirk won it, he went to the He was so know. emotional. He just wanted a few minutes, you know, just to soak it in, you know, celebrate by himself. I don't know if Holger was there or not, but, you oh, I'm, know, sure, I'm sure he was. Yeah. You know, take a few minutes for him and Holger. Uh, and then Giannis kind of went to the COVID seats where nobody could go around him, and he kind of just sat down and just...
1: you could, And he got emotional, uh, so he put a towel uh, over he, his face. Yeah. And then he finally, like, wiped it up, and he got up, and he was like, fuck mm, yeah, man. Now was he's great. so excited. But it's the same way, like you said, because he just worked so hard for that. I man. if you've seen his before and after pictures when he entered the league, I mean, I wouldn't say he's skin and bones because he was still pretty muscular, but he put on, like almost 60 pounds of muscle. He did you built see, himself into a specimen. Did you see uh, where he was going through Chick-fil-A? Yeah. He had the
0: MVP trophy and the Larry like O'Brien. Balls. That's what I'm saying. Just and he's like, so I cool. need a 50-piece.
1: With half Sprite, half lemonade, lemonade. no ice. And then, then he like, asked the I'm girl. i going to get there. was on
0: Instagram Live. And he's like, uh, are you okay with being on camera? And he, she's like, yeah. And he, he's like, you got 115,000 people watching you <laughs> right now. And it was funny because, like, his broken English, like – I think he thinks everything is like McNuggets because he said, "I yeah. need like a Mc, a McChicken or something, n- n- fifty
1: McChickens or something, yeah, like that. something like
0: that." And it was just really kind of pure and uh, it, it's hard, just like Dirk, not to root for a guy
1: like Giannis. He's oh yeah, and so I so humble and you know, I, I, I told it to Alex. I was like, "There's no way he's not the most likable guy, not only in the NBA but maybe in all the sports." Yeah, because. It's not, I'll just say it wasn't on my list of what I'm listening to, but there's this, um, you know, um, Adrian Wojanowski, um, Woj, yeah. the Woj, he has something called the Woj Pod, and he did a three episode part. This is something Alex recommended for me, um, and it's a it's called like the re air, so they're re airing it since he just won, and it's a three part about his journey, you know, from Greece to the draft to where he is now, and it's just the most humbling thing, you know, he's such a good guy, he grew up with like was it four brothers and his parents, they said they grew up in a, in a house that was like 250 square feet. Like they just slept on top of each other. He had to work in the streets just to feed them. He had to take everyone to school and bring them back. And all he wanted to do was take care of his family. He's the most likable, like humble superstar in the NBA. If not, you know, the fucking world, I couldn't be happier for him. Me too.
0: Um, okay. So that was, uh, end of the basketball season. Yeah, that was
1: great. And I, and no over under this week. I would I can't wait to bring it up. Uh, I think it's going to be more like a cowboy segment. We're, okay. we're like who we're up again. So if just rushing yards for certain players, passing yards. And I'd like what I'd like to do is do this every year or every week, and then say we have ten or you know ten over under bets. And then if you get six and I only get four, you get one point. So at the end of the year, we'll see who has the most between okay. the seventeen and then. We'll crown a little champion or whatever. Cool. Cool. But it's just a fun way to keep you interacted.
0: Winner, winner buys jersey mics. Always uh, Or loser buys jersey mics. Every, I'll me. buy jersey mics as long as we go. Uh, okay, so let's get into the uh, this college football realignment craziness. Um, so it it came. It happened pretty so fast. fast and Dude. furious. Um, Big Twelve media media week or media day was this week. Um, Actually, I
1: have audio of the the OU and UT commission. This is what they said when they want to join SEC. <laughs> they, they were so ready, man.
0: Um. So, yeah, they were at AT&T Stadium um, for uh, Big 12 media days. Um, and then, uh, you know, a week later, Big 12 leaders, they're scrambling to preserve the league uh, after the news that Texas, Oklahoma, are on the verge of, of leaving the conference and they're trying to get into the SEC. Um, uh, and it's kind of telling because administrators from Texas, Texas and Oklahoma did not join the rest of the teams on the joint conference call to discuss, um, you know, kind of league matters with the different athletic directors and school presidents. Um, and there's been reports that if the SEC falls through the Longhorns, uh, the UT might have at least one other option, which is the ACC, which was new to news to me. That um, makes less sense than the SEC. Um, and there was a quote. From an administrator uh, that says, I'd say Texas is for sure gone, and probably Oklahoma too. Um, and all this is kind of uh, all this is kind of money motivated because it's all money motivated. the SEC has a new deal with ESPN starting in twenty twenty five. The deal uh, for the Big Twelve ends in twenty twenty four, and uh, you know the the uh, the two schools they can pay a penalty to break the contract early. They have the money to Uh, do it. Even even
1: without knowing the penalty, they have the money to do it. Well, it's expected
0: to be about $70 70 each or wait until the deal expires, Um, which, you know, that would create an awkward four years of athletics all around the conference with two lame ducks, you know. I
1: don't know. Two teams, two of your
0: premier teams.
1: The two premier, not just two of. The two.
0: You know, in in it's not a guaranteed move to the SEC because expansion calls for three fourths votes of conference membership. So they need eleven of the fourteen teams, um, and A and M obviously is the only school to publicly vote no because they want to be. It, I it, love it, I love the pettiness. It's a, recruit,
1: it's a recruiting edge. I get it because
0: they can they can go to these kids in Texas and say, Hey, you want to play SEC football? Well, we're the only. Yeah. We're only the only school in the state where you can stay in the state and play in the Premier Conference in all of
1: college football. It makes sense. And um, I, I just love that AM's like, nope, fuck y'all. We're keeping this the same. So uh,
0: the Big 12, the remaining Big 12 teams, they have two options. Uh, option one is rebuild the Big 12. Um, uh, and it says in the article it says the goal is to make additions that would keep the conference among the the uh, the big 5 giving it more legislative freedom and more importantly retaining its tie-ins with the New Year's Six bowl games those that make geographical and financial sense include Houston, Cincinnati, Memphis and possibly SMU there are other outliers that reign atop the, gr- uh, the group of 5 such as UCF, BYU and Boise State to me that doesn't work which one that second th- group th- the, the, e- any of those teams because who are your big hitters
1: I think Memphis is up and coming. They have a good football and basketball program. I like that. Uh, Houston. Houston has a great basketball and football program.
0: That's nowhere near Texas and Oklahoma.
1: Oh, I thought you meant if they were to stay in the Big 12 and recruit more.
0: That's what I'm saying. Those teams coming to the Big 12. To replace UT and OU? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. You don't replace those two. I I, I guess I misheard you. I thought you were saying if UT and OU stay and they brought in additional teams. No. Oh, yeah. You can't replace those two. Absolutely not. Nope. Because now your big hitters are uh State, Maybe And maybe State, and maybe, Baylor. Uh, and maybe,
0: uh, maybe I I have, it, I have it wrong or this article has it wrong, but that's not the way I read it. The way I read it is them it's, rebuilding it's the them Big 12. In
1: rebuilding, yeah. Um, You're not going to be able to rebuild. the second
0: option says it could reshape college sports. Panic and spook. Some of the Big 12 members could bolt from a league in shambles. The Pac-12 has four open spots to reach the 16-team mark. The ACC and Big Ten have two each. West Virginia is already geographically more aligned with the ACC, and Kansas is a basketball boon for any league, despite its football failures. Baylor's men's basketball just claimed the national championship, and TCU has the Dallas Fort Worth market. Um, is uh,
1: is less miles still at Kansas? No, he left. oh you know they. have they've, they've historically been. I dead. believe.
0: Um, so yeah, um, there's a there's a final quote. Um, it's not imminent, but there's truth, uh, that they reached out to explore, some po- explore the possibility of joining the SEC, says a big 12 official. If they're gone, we start plan B. So it sounds like big 12 is fighting for their lives. Um, and then I have another article, um, that kind of gives, um, you know, some different kind of updates in, um, you know, just different, different little snippets, um, you know, One says, more confirmation of Texas OU are out. Chip Brown of Horns 24-7 reported Friday that the two Big 12 power powers are indeed leading the conference. Citing a source, Brown says that the Longhorns and Sooners will not renew their grant of rights deal with the Big 12 when that agreement expires in 2025. Uh, grant of rights is the agreement between each school and the conference that allows the league to determine television contracts. Uh, in this changing landscape of college athletics, what this is what's best for Texas and Oklahoma, the source told Brown. Um, and it's, uh, another one is uh, it says, uh, uh, potential Big 12 fallout should UT and OU leave if Texas and Oklahoma do make an official move in the direction away from the big 12 to join the SEC, some around the industry are already starting to suggest it would be a landscape shifting event on the Mm -hmm. scale of the Supreme court's 1984 decision that allowed schools and conferences to make their own media right deals instead of going through the NCAA. Um, Yeah, it's just, uh, I think this is just one move away from creating a super conference. Yeah, Um, It
1: seems like what they're trying to do. And to me, it's, Just selfish and money motivated because those two teams leaving leaves everyone else scrambling.
0: You know, if I'm the Pac-12 and they if if they leave and join the SEC, if I'm the Pac-12, I'm coming in to scoop up Oklahoma State, Baylor,
1: and Tech. Tech makes a lot of sense. They have four
0: Um, open spots, so maybe you grab, um, maybe you grab TCU, TCU Tech. Baylor and Oklahoma State.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could see that.
0: You know, but then, but then, you know, if you're the Big 12 and you're scrambling, maybe Nebraska wants out of the Big 10. Maybe Missouri wants out of the
1: SEC. Missouri makes the most sense if they had to leave the SEC.
0: But then, but then you're taking it from 16 down to 15.
1: They could bring, I, the what I saw was Oklahoma State and Oklahoma really want to go together. So Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas to the SEC, and Missouri's the odd team out. So another little snippet,
0: is, it's kind of, kind of breaking it down from different reporters. And this is an article I pulled today. And it says, Texas, Oklahoma to SEC in a week, question um, mark. It says, to update where things stand with Oklahoma and Texas after Thursday night's meeting of the Big 12 brass without OT, uh, OU and UT represented, there are a couple of reports circulating Friday morning suggesting that the move uh, could essentially be done within the next week. Kirk Bull, so fast. Kirk Bowles of the Austin American Statesman reported that the move is quote-unquote almost done, citing a source. Bowles reported that the, uh, the move could be official within a week. Um uh, this thing isn't going away, and the ramifications are ju- are going to be significant. Will the remaining Big Twelve schools look to make jumps to the Pac twelve, Big Ten, ACC? Question uh, mark The long discussed potential for four super conferences to emerge feels plausible. If things start trending in that direction, how it will impact the proposed expansion of the college football playoff? Because that's another thing; it's expanding to twelve teams. Yeah,
1: so. You know, yeah, you're going to have, like, six SEC teams now. Yeah. Um,
0: <clears throat> the format most often discussed has been one in which the top six conference championships get automatic bids. But what if there are only four, quote-unquote, power conferences? Would they go back to the drawing board on the college football expansion? Um, all things to keep an eye on as this proceeds. So, you know, I could I could see there being four, you know, kind of super conferences. You know, you've got West, Central. It would it North and
1: Big Ten, ACC, SEC, Pac-12, which yeah. would be Pac-16, Big 16, you know. You know? let's just do They this shouldn't thing. have pigeonholed themselves with numbers.
0: Let's just do this thing with with tiers. Let's make a super conference of 16 teams. One through 12 get in the playoffs. The last four get demoted to de- get relegated
1: to tier so two. So you're talking about like nationwide. Yeah. Like Ohio State's in there with Alabama and yeah. Clemson and yeah. OU. You
0: get a 16-team conference.
1: I would totally be down for that because I love, the top that, I love that. I um, love that that promotion regulation. Yeah, the, what they do in the yeah, soccer, what they yeah. do in Europe. The top fourteen, and it makes a ton of sense. Keeps you competitive. So the they, top teams still make it, and the bottom teams, you still get a chance next year.
0: This. Um, this uh this it's just crazy. I love it. You know, uh, you know well, me. I, I play NCAA fourteen to this day. <laughs> this is shit that I do. Like I take Texas State and build up the program, and then move them from the Sun Belt to the Big Twelve, and then once I win the Big Twelve, I move. This is just stuff you do in video games, and now it's coming to real life, and it's it's just it's chaos. And I'm here
1: for it. I'm not um, here for it just because to me, like I said, it's selfish from OU and UT to say we're going to leave fuck you other 10 teams and we're going to go make all the money because Oklahoma and UT, but really Oklahoma like run the big 12 in in terms of football. They get a cakewalk every year to the playoffs. And who knows, once you fuck around and win a couple games, you're national champions. I hope OU gets their ass kicked every year in the sec. And I think they will. I think they'll get exposed and they did it all for money. They're going to screw over all these teams and leave every other team scrambling because they selfishly wanted more money for their schools, which are already worth billions. They uh, get free labor from all these players. Well, they no, don't get in. Well, now they get a little bit from it, but you know, for century, they got free labor. So let
0: me let me uh, uh, read this last, last little snippet, and and we can we can get out of here. But uh, uh, Texas A and M hopes to maintain its stranglehold on the Lone Star State within the SEC by holding off Texas from entering. While Oklahoma State is worried what will happen to the Big Twelve and its place in college athletics la- in the college athletics landscape if Oklahoma departs. For Greener Pastures, both programs have significant interest in keeping a move from happening, although they may ultimately ultimately be powerless in preventing the inevitable. Aggies Athletic Director Ross Bjork made his stance clear Wednesday. Quote, I haven't read the article, but if you're asking me to kind of comment on college athletics, it's changing, uh, Bjork told CBS Sports. So what does that look like? I don't know. We want to be the only SEC program in the state of Texas. There's a reason Texas A&M left the Big 12 to stand alone and have our own identity. The Cowboys also stand in clear opposition with the following statement, quote, we have heard unconformed reports that OU and UT approached South Eastern conference officials about joining the SEC. We are gathering information and will monitor closely. If true, we will be gravely disappointed while we place a premium on history, loyalty, and trust. Be assured we will aggressively defend, aggressively defend and and advance what is best for Oklahoma state and our strong athletic program, which continues to excel in the big 12 and nationally. So, you know, I don't think I, I gonna, love
1: how their in-state rivals are like, "Fuck you guys, you're not going to do this." Know, <laughs> like rivalries run deep in college football. I don't think there's anything. And I mean, to, if it does happen, and you know, obviously, I have no say in it. The SEC is going to be fantastic if it happens because we can watch Texas play Texas A&M. That's I want that rivalry back. Yeah, like you know, I am great. about it, that. It was, it
0: was either. Thanksgiving Day or the day after Thanksgiving. I like the day after. Year. That
1: way, I can get all my football in that day, and then have an extra day the next day. Get leftovers. You know, I don't. I don't need all the games at once because I feel like I'm gonna like have to miss something. So give me all NFL Thanksgiving. and Give me Texas Texas A&M on the day after. So I just think it's selfish in a way. I think you know, it's it's. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the idea, but like I said, I have no way to stop it. So if it happens, I'll look for a silver lining. And to me, it's the Texas Texas A&M game which was a great game to watch growing up.
0: Absolutely. So yeah, that's the craziness with college football.
1: Um and I remember you, you know, said it to us at first and I was like there's no fucking way that's true because it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it it's like just gaining more and more steam and it's like holy shit, I think this is actually going to happen. It's going to happen. It just happens so fast and you know, obviously UT and OU were like conspiring on this together. It's not like they both came up with this idea in a week and dropped a press conference like they've been working on this together to yeah be like, absolutely let's get in on this absolutely so
0: that's college football craziness i'm here for it sounds like andrew's not um, but we'll see what happens we'll it's probably... just
1: a greedy move man it's what all about ex- money it's america
0: what do you expect
1: i expect a little more dignity <laughs> not here <laughs> maybe um, yeah, you're right what am i thinking
0: all right so uh let's uh let's get into what are we watching and what are we listening to i'll go real quick you probably guessed it. I'm doing nothing but watching Big Brother. I haven't listened to any. I don't. I didn't update the podcast app once this week. I don't know what dropped. I don't know if I'm missing episodes somewhere. I'm sure I am. I'm just so engrossed in Big Brother. Like Did even you. at the office, like I see a coworker going into the boss's office. I'm like, what are they talking about? What those cocksuckers doing? Are they conspiring? It's an alliance? Yeah. Are they- is he trying to get a promotion?
1: Now you know how I've been living my life <laughs> the last, like, decade. 20 years. Uh, I'm so paranoid, man. But, yeah,
0: no, I've, I haven't been listening or why. I've been listening to uh, the fan to get, um, you know, cowboy reports. He's been ignoring
1: Lauren. Landry's been neglected. <laughs> I was
0: watching the episode last night.
1: Is, is Lauren into it a little well,
0: bit? She, well, I was watching the episode last night, and she was like, I thought we were supposed to watch this together. I was like, you're not dedicated
1: enough. <laughs> I was See, like, Claire would be pissed if I did that to her, like, We'll have to have a watching party where Lauren can stay home <laughs> and yeah. we'll watch it together. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no. I can't wait for you to catch like the Zingbot episode. Now oh, you'll get it. I saw
0: Zingbot in the season twelve.
1: <laughs> like, it See, so it's, good. it's just a robot that just comes in and makes like so, really personal but really specific dude, burns it was on so people. Good. As I tell you, like he'll get you down to your core. He'll so, find out what you hate most about you. And make fun of you for it. And he's so a fucking robot. He
0: came in, and, you know, Lane from season 12, he was, like, from Texas. And the thing about Lane that I think helped him is, like, everybody thought he was a big dodo, like, he's a big dummy. Right. And Zingbot comes in, and he's like, they say everything's bigger than Texas other than your brain, Lane. Zing! <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so Tell funny, man. Dude. He'll, it's like he just sits there and studies all year, and then he'll be like, randomly. I just picture in. this robot, like, writing down these great jokes. I it was it. so good, dude. Well, I'm glad you get Zingbot now because, like I said, me explaining it last year sounded fucking weird. I'm like, oh, it's like a robot that comes in, and last year he was dressed up as a, what's his name, from Tiger King? Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic, so he was Joe Exotic, but the Zingbot, he'll come in, like, all dressed up and all these, it's just fucking weird, man, but I guess it was my turn. You're not listening to anything. <laughs> no, dude, you're I'm just, not. just engrossed big brother. All right, uh, on Hulu... Claire really likes these shows, man. Like, I've talked about court cam TV. We watched that, but now it's body cam. So it's Ooh. like police officers that activate their cameras, and there's just like some wild shit on there, man. Like I, I know cops go through a lot, and they'll show you like everything. Like we'll watch an episode, and it's usually like an hour long, and there's like three or four incidents, and then it's like there's like seven people that died like in one episode, you know, and it's like multiple mass shootings, and it's just like all the crazy shit they go through. So it's just it's just wild. Like Claire loves that kind of stuff. She loves that real world. Like you know, oh man, that guy just died right in front of us. Yeah, she kind of likes all that. Uh, another one on Netflix was called Fire in Paradise. It's like an, only like a forty-five minute documentary, but it's about that two thousand eight uh, fire in, in Paradise, California. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's Fire in Paradise. It was actually just called the Campfire, which is a very lame name. They always give them like you know like the Thomas Fire. Yeah, this was the Campfire, but it was the deadliest fire. It was the deadliest and most destructive wildfire in California history. Cost over 16 and 16.65 billion dollars in damages, over 8,800 buildings destroyed, uh, 153,000 acres burned, and 85 people died. It was just fucking crazy because it's like, I guess everyone had a camera rolling, you know, 2018. Everyone's got a camera and a video, and it just started. And before you know it, it just like swept over this town. And I mean, the whole town just got destroyed. And we were talking about, you know, how bad tornadoes are, but tornadoes follow like a path. And it, you know your house could be gone, or your neighbor's house could be gone, and you're untouched. Those fires, man, they take everything yeah, with they, them. Yeah. I mean, it was just so destructive to see. And like we, and then later on, we looked up on like Google Earth, and you could see like the aerial, and they slowly rebuilt. There's some buildings there, but everything else is just, just still just like concrete slabs, you know. And what happened? I should say. Well, I don't want to give too much away. I don't want to tell you how they how they actually survived it. But it was actually ingenious of how they uh, came up with a way to survive it. Um, and with Ellie. She wanted to watch uh, the remake of the Aladdin movie. So I started giving it a chance. I was like, I really wanted to like it because I love the classic. I couldn't get past like half away of it, man. Like Will Smith. I love Will Smith, but he fucking sucked as the genie. Probably because Robin Williams killed it. But I could not get halfway through and Even Ellie was like, can we watch something else? Thank fucking God, yes. I was like, this is the cringiest thing I've seen. I, I couldn't stand it, man. So we watched The Jungle Book instead, the live action remake. Now that is a fucking great remake. I couldn't you know like couldn't recommend it high enough. Even if you don't have a kid, even if you didn't like the original, watch this one. It's from two thousand six. It has um Bill Murray as Blue and Christopher Walken as King Louie. That's all you gotta know right there. Nice. And it's a great story, like it's a great retelling of a classic. So jungle book remake, couldn't recommend it enough. Uh listening, two things that Matt recommended earlier, like I don't know, earlier. It's not like it was ten minutes ago. Months ago was Exit Scam about that Canadian Bitcoin guy that supposedly died in India, but you find out all these things. Like he's been a Ponzi schemer since he was 15. He flew all around the world, which they think was to plant money in all these different places. He was a trained pilot, trained helicopter pilot. He bought a yacht, and they're like, that's how you can stay undetected you have your own transportation. So, And he had like $215 billion in this key that like, it's like a whatever, 64-digit code that only he had that now they can't find. And the money disappeared. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. He's been a Ponzi schemer his whole life. Um, missing on nine eleven, which is just a weird situation where, like, this lady who had all these things going on in her life. And then literally on September 11, 2001, she up and disappears. And no one's seen her for 20 years. But she has all these things in her life to where, like, maybe she's survived. and maybe, Or maybe she just took this opportunity to disappear. So both of them are just really intriguing. Like, there's no definitive answer. It's kind of like pick you know, listen to it and you make your own judgment as to what you think happened. And lastly, it finally wrapped up a week ago. I've talked about it before. It was season three of gangster capitalism And this season. Every season's different. And it's just like an investigative and it kind of like dives, dives deep. And this one was about Jerry Falwell and Liberty university. And if you don't know anything about them, I don't have enough time to tell you about it. Just listen to season three. It's probably the greatest season of any podcast I've ever listened to. That's like high praise, but season three of gangster capitalism was just, it's like eight episodes and from start to finish it was just so fucking good. Couldn't recommend it enough.
0: All right. All right. That was a good one, man. Good one to come back to. Sorry it took us so long yeah. to get get it out.
1: Well, you know, we got two almost two and a half hours. So <laughs> Without a movie We we reviewed. made up for it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even review a movie. That's the thing. So angels in the outfield or Austin Powers one. Yep,
0: we'll put it up on the Instagram, and uh, you know we'd love uh, to get you guys to to help us out and get Buy involved. Some merchandise. Buy some merch. The link is in the Instagram. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it. But for Matt,
1: and I'm Andrew. We're out. Look at that timing. Oh, yeah.
0: it's recording. <laughs>